Hello and welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Podcast Network. I'm back. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. Big thanks to Alex uh, for holding it down um, while I spent exactly one weekend um, on personal leave this entire season to celebrate uh, my girlfriend's uh, birthday. And so, yeah, Alex, congrats to you. That was an excellent pod, maybe, with uh, with Switchy and, and, and Amy because I, I have not yet gotten a chance to listen to it. However, um, you know, Game 7 took place, and I'm sure the tone of this podcast is going to be a lot different in regards to both uh, the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat uh, than the last one. So how are you doing, Alex? You all right? No, I'm great, man. Uh, you know, glad you got your weekend off. Uh, appreciate you stepping in tomorrow so I get a day off once got again you, for, for no reason. Of course. Um, are you going to play golf with your mom again or what, man? Uh, no, I'm going to be hooping with you, I believe, on two at two separate runs tomorrow. I believe. Is oh, what's wait, that's right. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah I got to check might, my email. You might, yeah. yeah, you might got to change your plans a little bit. Okay. So right. let's uh, let's make sure we get that in. But yeah, we smoking that Deuce Tatum pack tonight. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my we, goodness. We sent man. Deuce home. You know, apologies to, to his dad. You know, Jason Tatum spraining his ankle in mm. literally the first possession. I hate that. I hate that it happened to Of him. the game. And listen, I'm not even trying to be like a Boston hater, but this is why you don't fall down 3-0. You give yourself no margin for error if one of your star players sprains his ankle in a game seven. You know what? Like, I, I am trying to be a Boston hater. I don't know okay. what kind of energy you came on with, but no, why, why, why are we being Boston haters again? Because I, I don't care about Boston. Their season is over. And Ooh. this will be the 35th season in, in 36 years that they won't have a championship. Ooh. They have one championship since 1986. Anything that's is possible. Two, that's two years after I was born. Mm. That's like five years since Al, like, you know, before Al Horford even joined the NBA. This guy was speaking Cantonese, man. No, this guy was speaking Cantonese. <laughs> no, Sam Hauser, you better you better learn Chinese, buddy. Oh man, that couldn't, even, couldn't even catch that lob uh, oh. in garbage time. Was that Hauser? I couldn't even tell, man, because they brought in too many of those guys. They had they gave the us a, they gave us a Sterling Cooper Jennifer Price lineup one Yo, last they, time on the. They season, said man. they said we're gonna bring out all the Caucasians mm. uh, during AAPI month, man. Shouts to Spo too, man. Beat all mm. the allegations. Yep. Beat all the allegations. Shouts mm-hmm. to Udonis Haslam. This is his seventh NBA Finals. Um, people don't talk about that. People enough. don't talk about Shouse Haywood Highsmith, a plus three mm. in nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Shouse Kyle, this is a game Yo, high. Kyle plus was great. 26. Kyle was really good. Kyle was great. The playmaking. Here's the thing with Kyle, and we've seen, we've watched Kyle like for so many years, right? Yeah. Like the minute he hit that three in the second quarter, I knew he was going to have a good game. Yep. Kyle always needs one of those shots to fall. And then everything else just falls into place. Yeah. Like, like he's going to calm down. He's going to play good defense. He's going to be a good playmaker. Like Kyle's games in the playoffs always swing on just a couple of plays mm. like early on. So once he had that, I knew they were locked in, you know, shouts to J Cole. Um, you know, that's my new goat. Now we, we not, we're not listening to Hove no more. Oh. We're listening to J Cole who helped wow. bring Caleb Martin to Miami. Name, and, name one and, J Cole song right now. Uh, uh you know, world uh believe that was a mixtape possibly mm. um mm. anyways uh you gotta I can't keep... confirm or deny so <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I know i know you might it. i know you might be on a i know you might be on a, a pirate stream i'm not sure if you have cable but uh, i have cable uh, but cable oh, okay, is allowing okay. me to watch df west right now so okay so like you gotta guy. you gotta let me know because we're recording this right after if if kayla martin does win the larry bird trophy uh-huh. as the eastern conference finals uh mvp because i think that'd be a great moment you know shows oh. to jimmy 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 butler also also fighting an ankle injury may i may i add 
similar to Jason Tatum, to be honest, except he was battling it throughout the playoffs. Sorry, I'm not um, laughing at the injury, bro. I'm laughing. Sorry, I have to interrupt you because you, yeah, you're going to love this. All right. What's up? I just saw, you, you know, you know, you know, Srikar at yeah, Sriki Shooter, one yeah. of the, you know, one of the best uh, oh, yeah, yeah. NBA one of Twitter the best guys out it. there, one of the Phoenix best Suns fans, it. right? He just tweeted out, do you seen the screen grab of Bill Simmons looking shell-shocked in game yeah, seven? Yeah, yeah, I sent it to you. <laughs> I no, sent it to you. Him and Ken- no. Kendall at the very end of Succession. And listen, oh we, we will spoil Succession at the end of the show, but it is literally... Bill Simmons, Jeremy Strong have the exact same facial expression going. On. I'm so happy, bro. I'm sorry, oh, man. man. No, I'm that's so wild. Happy. That's wild, man. Yeah, shouts oh. to who, who else, man? You know, Bam Adebayo was a little shook, but he was very shook. That, but that, uh, he, he fought. Through. That didn't matter. That didn't matter. Like yeah. it really didn't matter. And who else, man? Gabe Vincent stepped up. Gabe Vincent, I, mean, I thought was great in the first half, man. This guy was making a whole bunch of tough shots. I don't know what happened to him in the second half. They just didn't play him as much, but I thought he did his damage when he was in the game. Like, everybody did what? Duncan Robinson, bro. Yo, Duncan Robinson Dun- was stripping. Defensive plays? This guy stripped Tatum. He was Tatum. cutting to the basket. He stripped Jalen Brown. We're talking about two generational wings getting stripped by a podcaster. We're talking about Duncan Robinson going backdoor for a layup and then hitting the I can't hear you. He did like the whole John Hogan, Cena. man. He did the, okay, John Cena for you, Hulk Hogan for me. Sure, yeah, yeah. They're different, different generations, but uh-huh. it's fine. Uh-huh. And uh, who else, man? Everybody stepped up, man. Everybody who played, Kevin Love was a great cheerleader on the sidelines. That was a big. That's a big adjustment by by Spo. He didn't. He didn't need to play his his super old bigs that the Celtics were playing pick and roll against them. Like they were targeting them so hard in the pick and roll, and you didn't see any Kevin Love. You didn't see any Cody Martin. Like you, you know, or Cody Martin. What am I saying? Uh, you, you didn't see any Cody Zeller. Sorry, oh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just amalgamating former no no show, uh, Charlotte Hornets at this point. Um. Like, yeah, like, you know, he, he went with the wings. Uh, obviously, he needed a great game from a lot of guys, and, and a lot of guys stepped up, but that was a good adjustment. And then he went back to that zone. The Celtics went back to turn the ball over. Jalen Brown had eight turnovers eight and turnovers. shot the those, ball the, horrendously. He had a, a graphic, horrible series. There was a graphic in the in the fourth quarter where uh, turnovers was Heat 7, Jalen Brown 8 mm. at one point. Mm. And that that also hit. And, and you know, Jalen Brown was, was by all accounts healthy. And, and listen, man, like he... He needed to step up, especially because Jason Tatum was walking like Kaiser Sose in Usual Suspects mm. the whole game, man. Mm. Like, he was actively limping. There was points in the game where I was like, should they actually take Tatum out? Like, I know he's a, obviously no. their star player, but, like, he was limping like crazy out there, man. He was. And, like, they didn't, they didn't start picking on him until the very end when the game was over. But, like, man, like, they, they had Derek, you know, Derek White gave them a little bit of a push but like it's one well, of those things where like if, Derek White, White, if Derek White is your guy in game seven like uh-huh. that can only go so far I don't know watching the game I felt like Derek White had 30 but I'm looking at the box score and he, <laughs> he, he shot five of 12 including two of <laughs> yeah, nine from three yeah they Got were nine, the nine, nine of 42 nine yeah. of 42 from three uh-huh. so everybody said you know the Celtics are gonna shoot better after game six and there's no way the Heat who were shooting 42 percent from three in the playoffs coming in was was gonna keep this going and and, and Miami ended up shooting fifty percent from three. Uh-huh. So so off we go, man. Renew my heat culture membership for two more weeks, man. Yo, honestly, th- this team is just inspirational to talk about. Like they're they're, they're not even our team, but like <laughs> no, they're it, our team it, right it, now, man. It's hard not to jump on the bandwagon. Also, by the way, Kyle Lowry stole the game ball at the very end again. Um I nice, think he nice. he made sure because everyone else subbed off for the heat. Like it was like hey with Highsmith time. It was some other guys. 
and Kyle was still out there. And then at the end, I think one of those, I think maybe Haywood actually had the ball and Kyle was like begging for the ball back. Yo, and I'm like, I know that's not yo, just him trying to dribble at the clock. I know he's going to keep that ball. Yo, Kyle I know he might it. have the best game seven ball collection of no, all time. No, no, no. He giving that to Mickey Harrison and Pat Riley for giving him three years, 90 mil, man, for playing, for averaging one good conference finals game a year, man. Yo, Shows to Kyle. You that, know, we, we always call Kyle a grifter. That's his biggest grift, man. No, but seriously, though, because, it, it, you know, I, I just think for Kyle, like, he's had to lose the Celtics twice in game sevens, right? That's right. Um, That's and, right. And, and twice in, like, the span of three years. And so for him to come back and do this, I, I'm just really happy for him. Plus, he, you know, he, he, well, he had that mid-range pull-up jumper with, like, two seconds off of the shot clock, pull-up over Jalen Brown in the fourth quarter. That was just another kick in the teeth uh for the celtics and yeah i mean like you know them playing zone really did help obviously tatum getting injured early on you know hurt them but i also thought that look listen tatum has these games where he sort of comes in and out i I don't want to just say it was only because of the ankle um it felt like the celtics after doing a decent job of getting to the rim in the first quarter just stopped going to the rim um entirely for you know, long, long stretches. It felt like Derek White was the only guy who would get in there and he would kind of do his little twisty turnaround, kind of like push shots. And, you know, it's a little awkward timing and he's always driving against a smaller defender in single coverage. So, you know, there there are a lot of times where he gets the contact going to the rim. Um, But like, you know, most importantly, Tatum and Brown just could not really get downhill enough. And I feel like for them, like, okay, if they don't get downhill enough, they're not getting those like one, two, three, swing, 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 you know, into the corner for a wide open look for three. Like I thought the Celtics got decent looks from three because if you take 42 of them, you're going to have some good ones. But I also thought that, you know, Miami did such a good enough job of limiting the initial penetration that it was sort of like one pass swing, catch and shoot on the perimeter, not super open, but also not super contested kind of threes where it's like, okay, you know what? The Celtics will will shoot that shot and Al Horford will spam that shot and Marcus Smart will spam that shot. Derek White will definitely spam that shot, but like the Heat will live with that. It's not the ones where they draw a double team in the post and then you kick it out and then they swing two more times. Or it's not like Tatum gets all the way to the basket and then drives and kicks it out. Or I mean I would say Brown could do that too, but he never literally never passes. It's always a turnover or a shot with him. This guy's like this guy's one of those baseball players that only walks and hits home runs and otherwise hits twenty percent. Oh, oh yeah, three uh, three three true outcome player. Man. Yeah, he a three true outcome player. All right, it, it's <laughs> it, it's it's nasty to watch. Yo, Jalen Brown. so in stupid the... when you think about it. Why does it sound so like business like all the time? <laughs> Baseball's the only sport where people wear belts like on purpose. Also, every baseball player you see when they post graphics of like Babe Ruth and all these guys like before nineteen fifties, they all look so racist. <laughs> like, why does every baseball player look so racist? Yeah, I mean, you know, some, some of them literally were, right? Like, it wasn't Ty, Ty Cobb. Oh, we can't, yeah. We canceled Ty, Ty Cobb, Cobb 100 man. years ago. Holy. Yeah. No, um, he's been canceled, man. Yeah. Holy. But, like, I, I just thought, you know, the, the Celtics offense just didn't look good. Obviously, they looked also really gassed, too. Like, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to use excuses uh, anything for either team, but it looked like Miami had more gas. The Celtics, you, you struggle to think about even five possessions where they're able to race out in transition and score and look obviously you know Miami hopped on them early and that was really important for the Heat to do because I felt like the Celtics are really one of those teams that they either small ball you and they just destroy you or they really get into a close game and then you're really able to hurt them they kind of remind me of you know Mike Boonholzer's uh, Milwaukee Bucks in that sense but like yeah I mean they just they just could not chase 
um, the Heat down. And credit to the Heat, man. They made a bunch of tough shots. Jimmy Butler with step back threes. All of a sudden, he's, you know, able to do that. I mean, Jimmy Butler, after having a couple of struggle games, I thought he get you know, gave them exactly what they needed. Caleb Martin, I mean, everyone's talked about Caleb Martin, like, and so, you know, you're not going to hear anything new here, except for the fact that Caleb Martin, when he shoots the basketball, it looks like he's shooting his arm attached to the basketball into the rim. I still don't fully understand how he's making all these shots. He's making mid-range pull-ups. He's going all the way to the basket. There was a play in the fourth quarter where he brought the ball up. I'm pretty sure he, like, carried the ball, but, like, whatever. They didn't call the carry. Nash, the pick and roll. Or it wasn't a pick and roll. He was just a drive against Tatum. Nash the drive, faked the pull up, uh, and then went to the other side of the lane, and then took a ten foot pu- turnaround pull up. Like he made, he was more impressive with the shot making in this series than Jalen Brown was, and that's ridiculous. Jalen Brown is a bona fide All NBA player. So all you add all that in, and then Bam Adebayo, I thought he just like stood in tough for a couple of defensive plays, got a couple of key rebounds. You know, ate that charge from from Jalen Brown. Yeah, it's just you know they did they did they did just enough to uh to demolish um the Celtics. So yeah, history history I guess is still undefeated. One uh, this is um, oh and one fifty two man. No, this was history, man. You know the history tonight was Boston became the first city to lose a home game seven to an eighth seed in both hockey and basketball mm, in both the to, same season. Both to my or both to uh, yeah Florida, Florida Panthers. Yep. And the Miami Heat. Shout out to my guy, John Hollinger, on this one. Mm. I need to check on Keith Smith right now, too, man. I might I might just have to do a live Boston media check-in on everybody right mm. now. Man. But that's the thing. It's like you, you talk about, especially after that game six, like the the way that they lost that game with the Derek White .1 shot. Yeah. Like for them for Miami to be able to bounce back from this cuz like at some point it's like Jimmy goes to the podium when they're you know up 3-1 and he's like we're going to win the next game he goes to the podium 3-2 he's like we're going to win the next game he says that again when it's 3-3 and at some point it just feels like talk and it feels like Boston had turned the series around but it's like you know like it's it's crazy to me that I'm, that any team was able to bounce back from this like we rarely see this mm-hmm. like taking a devastating loss like that you're literally point one away from making the finals but i guess if you're going to choose one team to, to be able to pull something like this off and that's why it's like all the jokes about heat culture like they prepare for they prepare themselves for like every scenario right mm-hmm. like the joke going around today was like oh they already had their flights booked to to denver and all this stuff and, and even amy when she was coming on the show yesterday before we recorded was like yeah everybody told me to pack for denver like, mm. like, you know, we got to just prepare. Like, we're going there after. It's like, all this stuff seems like a joke until they go into TD Garden and blow out the Celtics in a game seven. Mm. And, and, like, you think about it, it's like, I thought Miami had more pressure going in. Oh, 100%. Like, 100%. You're the first, you're about to be the first team ever to blow a 3-0 lead and blow that game in game six. Like, you're going to be in every single graphic, you know, for the for the rest of, like, you know, the history of sports, you know, whenever this stuff comes out. And, and like, Everybody just stepped up, man. And I don't even know how to quantify this, but Spo Spo was just locked in, man. Oh man. <laughs> like the way Spo I saw him tying his shoe in the first quarter. I'm like, yo, is he gonna check in, bro? Like this man was so locked in. Yo, I have nothing to the... smile about. Like, holy, and it's like every time the Celtics made a 4-0 run, he would call uh-huh. a timeout. Yep. <laughs> like and... it was amazing, man. Honestly, I have so much confidence in Heat culture. Uh, you could tell me Spoke checks on the court and he drops 10, no problem, off the bench. 
Like, there's I'm no gonna, way. There's no I'm way he's gonna, not dropping 10, man. I'm not going to lie. At one point, uh, you know, the way Bam was struggling, I was like, can they just try Udonis Haslam for two minutes here? Like, at least I, bro, he would, just... would have come in and dropped 10. I, I Guaranteed, man. Anybody wearing a Heat uniform checks into a game in a high-pressure scenario, they're scoring 10 points. No problem. Uh, at minimum. I, I like, was like, at it, least so at least he'll hard foul, like, Robert Williams or something. Because Robert was no Williams need. was killing them on the boards a little bit what, early. Which, but. And, and, okay, look, obviously it's easy to second-guess a coach um, after they lose, right? But I was thinking about in this game, it's like, okay, if you can't really attack the zone effectively in pick-and-roll or in one-on-one attacks at the top of the floor, at what point can you get the ball into the middle of the floor and sort of work inside-out? And I understand that the Celtics don't necessarily have all the tools for that, but, like, they have enough. Like, Tatum has a bit of a post-up game. Brown, if he posts up a smaller guy, could probably draw over a second defender. You know, like, um, Smart, surprisingly, has a post game. Um, and there are tons of small guards that uh, the Heat had in the game that he could have uh, attacked against. Even if you, I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't suggest Horford posting at this age. But, like, you know, something to change the geometry of the game, right? Number one, just to, just to change how you're going to play. Because over the course of it, it just felt like their adjustment was the threes will fall for us. The threes, that cannot be the answer all the time. Like, you might have to change up your approach. And not, I'm not just saying that, like, you know, you're you're going to run, uh, you know, a double pick, a double dra- drag pick and roll instead of just one pick and roll. Or, like, you might screen off ball and then try to attack, you know, you know, from, from that. Like, it... It, it just didn't necessarily always have to start in the perimeter. And you felt like with Boston's offense, it always starts on the perimeter. They beat their man. They draw two on the perimeter and then they get good looks from three. And if you can cut off that supply with the zone, you can really give them problems. And that's the thing with Miami. I've watched Miami play Boston Celtics now for three series in the span of like, what, four years for the conference finals, it feels like. Um, and it's, or five years. And it's like the same thing. Like it, it's, it's the same thing that really you know, gives them real issues. And I thought that maybe it was real clever for them to like go bigger. And they, they you know, they, they started, I think the second half um, with, uh, you know, the two bigs in there. And I thought that that was an interesting way to attack it a little bit differently. And I thought they might r- ride with that, but then again, they went away from it again. And that's where Miami really enjoyed a ton of freedom in the fourth quarter. Like I thought at least the Celtics would make the heat sweat a little bit in the fourth you know, the whole thing of like, okay, you know, they came back from down 0-3 to tie at 3-3. Maybe they'll do that in the in game seven where they're down a huge amount and they might come back. But I think when they took out Robert Williams, all of a sudden they can't defend again. And that's where Miami just got a ton of easy buckets in addition to their usual like, you know, kick in the teeth style of offense uh, where they just generate something out of nothing. But yeah, it's it just, I, I don't know. I just, I just walk away from the series like so thoroughly unimpressed with the Celtics. Like, I know everything is succession right now, and I'm sorry to people who didn't watch that show or they're trying to avoid spoilers. Um, I'm not giving a spoiler here, but like I'm watching the Celtics, and and for like the entire playoff run, my takeaway is, you know, I, I you know I I don't love you, but you are not serious people. <laughs> no, this guy remixed it too, man. No, I think I think that's the thing with the Celtics is like everybody always talks about how they're like the most talented team, and like they they just Me, never play I'm up everyone. to it. Yeah, I like they, their talent. No, no, they are a talented team, but they like over and over again disappoint you. And I think all the things you point out is like, you know, they they don't play smart. And and I feel like even in this series too, and especially tonight, it just felt, it always feels like they just want to take the easy way out. It's like, oh, you know, we can spread the floor, we can shoot all these threes. Like, like we just want to, we just want to play the three-point game and, and, and try to blow you out. And it's like every time it's a close game, 
every time that they're like, you know, it, it, within like five to 10 points, like in those scenarios, like this is just a team that just falls apart over and over again. We saw it in game one. We saw it in game two. We saw it in game six and, and tonight too. And and uh, Jimmy Butler, by the way, won the Larry Bird trophy uh, in, a, in a five to four vote over Caleb Martin. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, 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 yeah. I figured, I, yo, that's I, I figured, no, I figured Jimmy actually was gonna win because like he had a decent enough game tonight, and and he's Jimmy. But but Caleb Martin definitely got robbed on this one. Like, oh man, but, but we're not gonna have Ooh. any heat culture infighting, man. Like like you know, congratulations to Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. It's uh, All it's right. on to Denver. No, it should it should have been Caleb. I mean, it, 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 yeah, man. I honestly, the fact that this is even remotely close is kind of nuts. But like. Caleb Martin gave you what you needed, and then Jimmy Butler did his job. You know what I mean? So it's ah, oh, that's a little bit. Tough, I don't man. know. My thing, my thing though, is like they do not win this game with without Caleb Martin doing what he did tonight. Though. I don't feel like they win any other games without Caleb yeah. Martin. He's been so good. Yo, those two shots he made at the end of the third quarter was just ridiculous. Including one, I think it was like a fadeaway baseline. Yeah, like I just yo, I couldn't believe what he was doing out there. No, I needed him to hit the too small, man. I need I needed him to hit whoever it was. I think it was Tatum. Man. Oh man, no, it's crazy, man. Um, also, I know we we're talking about. Remember, we we're going through um the three point shooting stats. So the Heat, the Heat had eight games all season during the regular season where they hit forty five percent from three. They did mm. it four times against the Celtics in in this series. And the mm. Celtics said, an, oh, another historic night. They lost their sixth game at home in these playoffs, which is tied for most home losses in a single playoffs. Yeah, in NBA history, and and uh, they tied uh, last year's Celtics, who also lost six games. Oh, at home. Oh man, man. I just keep thinking about like, because you, you know how Bill Simmons like came up in Boston, but then he like flew out to LA. Uh, we, and he, and we, he, smoke, he, we smoke in that Pearl Jam pack. Oh, tonight, we smoke in that Bill Simmons pack, <laughs> man. My goodness, I chain smoking that one, but like, you know how he relocated to LA a long time ago, and obviously right. big time and everything like that. Literally the right. Father, you know. Um, yeah, but. You can hear that, like, when it comes down to like a game seven scenario, this man will fly out to Boston. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's going to make that trip. He's going to make that sacrifice. And I feel like every time he does it, he gets to see one of these. <laughs> no, he he calling his dad tonight for sure on the pod, man. We're definitely getting his dad on the pod tonight. Oh, I think it's gonna my. be House Rosillo, mm. Big Waz, and, and then his dad. That's oh, that's my man. prediction on the on the four man parlay. I mean, Loki, we, we... Pearl Jam. <laughs> Oh my goodness, yo! I, that's gonna be the first time I, I ever I don't fast forward on the Pearl Jam. I'm gonna have to listen to it. It's gonna be like the Succession theme song. Like I yo, yesterday gonna, watching it, I was like, no, I'm, I need to hear the whole song, man. You're gonna I, have I, to jam out to that, man. I gotta savor it, man. No, but this is pretty funny, Mel. Because like, if you think about it, I don't know what would have been funnier: them after they went down three zero, just getting swept, mm-hmm. or coming back and losing Game Seven at home. Which one do you think is actually funnier? No, I think um. I think this is actually funnier to be honest, because I think it just tortures that fan base even more because it shows you the good in that team. Like there's obviously a ton there. Right. Uh, But like, you know, they just can't close the deal. And I think that is more painful than than quite frankly, even getting swept, because at least you could just be like, this team sucks. Break it all up. Like you're going to not have to agonize over this team. No, actually, the funniest thing is they saved Joe Mazzula's job and then still just lost the series, anyways. Oh, so they lost. They lost five three in this series. Shouts to Joe Cheese, man. 
No. So he's going to come back with, I believe, like nine uh, coaches on the bench who have who have been NBA head coaches. I mm. believe that's what that's what they're going to do because they like need way more experience <laughs> there. But I, I'm just glad he's going to get every <laughs> single coach that the Raptors have uh, interviewed. He might be the first head coach to sit in the second row next season. Like, I Damn. think that actually might happen. Um, no, no, the I'm craziest really thing is, jo- yeah. look, listen, Joe Mazzulla isn't that great of a coach. We, I sure. mean, especially right now, because he's young, right? I think that's the biggest thing about anything else. He's sure. still so young. Like, this guy literally played Jimmy Butler in college. That's how yeah. young he is, okay? Um, but, like, he, I, the, the stat graphic was out there, like, for the first time, Celtics had coaches, like, most wins in a season. Like, Joe Mazzulla has, like, 58 or something like that. Like, Yeah, but how many of those are you going to be like? Are you gonna credit that to Missoula though? I think you got to go back and credit the talent of this team. I, I like, guess, but like you you ran through their three point numbers, man. Yeah, you're right. Like you're right. they just outshot teams during the regular season. This team I do is feel just... bad for him a little bit though. Like people are really like, let's fire him, and I'm like, I mean, are we gonna fire every coach that doesn't win the title? Like, what's no, going I, on? I, I don't think I, I don't think you fire him now. Like, okay. like I do I do think. I'm not sure what happened. Like, I don't know if you saw the story. They like, so Al Horford once again overruled Missoula. So when it was 3 0, they were in a film session. Uh huh. And, and Al Horford is like, no, no, no. Like, we, we actually need to like have some team bonding. So they all went to Top Golf and like they have been crediting this 3 0 comeback and all this camaraderie in the locker room to that hey, moment in, in the past week. So now they can go back to Top Golf again tonight, man. Like, it's over. You're telling me so, they went out swinging? <laughs> oh my god this guy tiger woods right now this guy smoking that this guy smoking that phil mickelson pack right now he's smoking man. that backwards pack man. that's oh wild man this guy's smoking a nine iron right now bro i've man. never heard of i mean look, i actually think it's cool and definitely it's like one of those things if, if they turn the whole series around which they almost nearly did um like it, it'll be the stuff of legends but it's also like how are you in the playoffs in need of a team body, like a whole team body exercise. Like the closest thing I can remember to that is like, you remember when the Raptors were down two one in in, uh, in Philadelphia, the insomnia cookies and Kyle and uh, Kawhi went out for cookies at like 2 AM. Um, Like, but th- that's, I don't know, man, the whole team being like, yo, let's skip practice and let's play virtual golf is just. My well, goodness. it was, no, but that's the thing about all these stories. Like, it's, also it's, imagine it's, you're a it's coach. A feel good story. Here's the thing: like, think think about the life of a coach, right? Everyone has 24 mm-hmm. hours in a day. A coach probably sleeps like five, especially in the playoffs, and like spends I don't know 15 hours on just like watching film, digesting it in practice, in films, in like meetings, talking to his assistants, coming up with like video, cutting the video, putting in some stats, all that kind of stuff. You know. T- you know contacting the trainer like it's literally like just in in just a disgusting job like that's why they all look so washed after coaching for like one or two years it just sucks the life out of you where like you work 15 hours a day and you worked 15 hours to present this whole practice package obviously it's gonna be the most crucial practice and Alfred's like nah screw it let's play golf and that actually turned out to be better than your practice no but this is this is what oh, cracks man. me up I, I was doing saw, that job because we saw Al Horford take the coach's chair in like game six in, in Philly in the second round he did that earlier in this series too and then he overruled Missoula again when when they were mm. down 3-0 so 
yeah, I don't know. I think Missoula, Missoula also looks like he gets 12 hours of sleep based on, <laughs> based on just how he looks at his coaching. So. You tell me he looks healthy? <laughs> I actually think that that plan that you laid out is definitely the Spo plan. Um, like, I don't think Spo is sleeping between now and Thursday. No, nah, man. Like, like no, shout out to Spo. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly just so relieved. Like, like Spo, yeah. Spo getting caught beating, you know, blowing a 3-0 lead would have been really tough. Like, like I know that doesn't like take away everything he's accomplished as a coach and everything he's still gonna accomplish, but that's a huge stain. Like yeah. regardless of if if they were the eighth seed, so for sure, for sure. And I, I think that they escaped it. To his credit, like he did actually make coaching adjustments that really helped create this outcome, like in Game Seven in particular, mm-hmm. right? No, I but think... this is yeah, but this is like honestly just credit. Credit to this team. Like this is really heat culture, man. Mm-hmm. Like you can't tell me. Like I mean, I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to throw this, you know, Raptors team this past season under the bus again, but like that team was not recovering after a game six loss like that. Oh like, man. There's a lot of teams out there that are just like not mentally tough to that point where you can actually come together and, and, and just do this. I, I don't want like, to belabor this, but the Raptors are up 19 in, in, in game oh in, in the play in game. And, Listen, man, and miss history, free throws. history will show uh, both the Heat and the Raptors uh, lost the same number of playing games this season, and only one of them is in the finals. <sighs> also, also, how did Jay Cole, who's not even affiliated with the Heat, manage to to snag the almost Eastern Conference Finals MVP? And and all Drake ever did was like get Michael Bradley to TFC and and Kawhi in one music video. Oh, by like, the way, um, you you got to check out the drama with TFC if you haven't kept up oh, with it this I've, season. I've seen You've I've seen in? some articles uh, floating around, but I haven't tapped in. There's an amazing one by the Athletic man. It's I heard great. Some father and son stuff going on or something, right? I, I yep. got to tap in. I no, the captain and the captain and the coach are father and son, which is like already kind of awkward. Then you got these two Italian. This is a Bron Brawny situation. This man. is literally Bron Brawny. You have. Two Italians who one of them was super accomplished, the other one pretty accomplished. Like if you play for Juve, like you're already pretty good. But they come mm-hmm. here. Turns out they don't even like each other. Turns out they're jealous of each other. Turns out one of them, in fulfilling every European stereotype, is just refuses to stop smoking vapes on planes and buses. <laughs> no man, you're telling me this is part of the beef? Like this is part of the drama? They smoking on that jewel pack in TFC nah, buses. Man. No, they smoke. They they smoking that Giovinco pack. What's going on, man? No, Giovinco has nothing to do with this, man. <laughs> Bless Giovinco. He's the one Italian that absolutely has nothing to do with this. It, it's uh, you, you've seen him, man. Uh, Bernardeschi, um, Insigne. It, it's it, it's 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 nasty with that team. I mean, I think they finally won one, so that's good. And also, I don't think people care about TFC this much. But honestly, if you have some, if you have an athletic description, like just make sure you look for that article involving TFC. You'll know when you find it. It's really good. Like there's yeah, a I've, lot of beef with that team. It's actually kind I've, of amazing. Uh, I've got the William Lou login for for the athletic man. Oh, so yeah, that's a, right. I think so I'm gonna tap in on that later. The key to that one is every so year you, <laughs> I email you a new email and a new password because I got to cash in on that one dollar per month subscription. So. Yeah, I, I really that's the air career. I, re- I really should support journalism. I'm gonna subscribe to the star or something, just just to feel good. I just mean, to, again, just to read the ye old mailbag, man. Shouts to Doug. Shouts to the ye old mailbag. Every time I see that link drop on Twitter, what I do is I right click it, I save it to Pocket, and then open. Oh, you in can't Pocket. give them all the hacks, man. Some people don't know that hack. You, you know. got to know that hack then. The Pocket people... app. It's you can obviously get it on both platforms. Yeah, it works. Both works on, on New Android, Android and iOS. Works yep. on. Works on. Doesn't work at the Wall Street Journal though. 
Who's trying to read the Wall Street Journal, man? <laughs> no, they got they got some cool fashion stuff sometimes. Really? Not um what, not what, the politics what? session. No, nah, man. There's gonna be like succession fashion. Like, here's this Yo. generic ball cap that you could buy at Uniqlo for 20 bucks. Yo, it's 8, you don't 000. understand. That ball cap, seven hundred dollars, man. Show to that ball cap, man. Follow succession uh, fashion on uh, IG. I guess it doesn't matter anymore because you're not gonna get any more new photos. Man. Um, what else, man? What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So let me ask you. Let me ask you this too. Um, you know, Jalen Brown, if he comes to you this summer, I don't know if he's clutch. He's not clutch, is he? No. And, and he 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 wants the two hundred and ninety five. Isn't, isn't he part of? Oh, he Kanye's? was part of Don. He was part of Donda Sports. Yeah. And then he took a week too long to disassociate from that uh, after Kanye. Who is made his agent now? Questionable comments. It might be Jalen Brown. Um, Jalen, because remember, remember they said that uh, he people asked if he was too smart for the NBA. Mm. When when he came into the league, anyways, um, he's now eligible for two hundred ninety five million dollars mm. supermax extension. Yeah. Um, what do you do if uh if you're Rad Stevens? You know, like you like, you. I'm not gonna like, lie. You, you have do? to eat it. Like, there's actually <laughs> no man. This, this this sounds insane. You you know that smoothie that they made in the succession finale? Right. You just so, gotta drink it. Those eight turnovers were was Shiv adding the final ingredient. If you know, you know. You just got to drink it is what you're and saying. And you got to drink it. Yeah. You know, a meal for a king. Like, that's 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 essential. I mean, like, you're not going to let him go. Obviously, he's still a really, really fantastic player. I would try to get him into, like, you know, like, you know, there are certain assistant what's coaches. A, what's, a, what's a signature Jalen Brown game, by the way? Uh... Like, give me, a, give me one signature Jalen Brown game. Give me one signature, like, Jalen Brown moment. Because I you can know, give you, like, 10 Tatum moments, probably. It's not really like coming to the surface for me right now, but I'm sure they exist okay. at some point. I'm just saying, if you're a super max player, I'm gonna need a couple moments. Okay, that's that's fair. That that is fair. However, um, the market is going to be the max, and you no, can't exactly trade them for like some of the pieces that Portland has to offer, for example. Unless they're giving you back Dame, which obviously at that point, why are you even trading for Jalen Brown? But like, you know what I mean, like. I, I don't think you're gonna upgrade on Jalen Brown, and I don't think you want to liquidate him into like spare parts that you can then trade for another piece because why are you why, why would tatum stick around for that and plus the team is really good like not everything that loses in the playoffs has to take everything down i think they're going to just run it back with jalen brown unless jalen brown himself like forces his way out and that's where i do wonder if like he was with a bigger agency if he has a better shot at that you know like i looked it up his agent is jason glushon of glushon sports and management um, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm not a true hoop head, but I, I just, I, I wasn't familiar with uh, the glue shot. I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with, with, with any of those words that you just said. That Jason, was me trying, that was me trying to pronounce Johan Buha. Jason, <laughs> what did you just say to Jason me? Glushon, G-L-U-S-H-O-N. <laughs> His last name's literally glued together. <laughs> is, is it, is it it might be Glushin. So no, if, we, if, went if it's Glushin, to, we went from clutch to glutch. <laughs> What's going on, man? Anyways, like it's fine. I'm pretty sure they're like yeah. you're right. Like they're gonna give him that money. But you kind of have you kind of have to. And I think for him, it's like, can you get with like you know how Phil Handy? Obviously, Phil Handy is an assistant with the Lakers, so you can't really train with them. But like, if you get a chance to train with that, someone like that, like just can you work on the handle so that because he's a really good player, but. I just, it, it's clearly that one weakness. Like all last year in, in the finals, we saw like Draymond talk about it. He literally would talk about it in his podcast about how they would attack his dribble and they would force him to drive like left. And, it, you know, it just gave him so many problems to the point where this following year, after you lose in the finals, I don't see any improvement. In fact, I see 
Duncan Robinson picking his pocket when he drives left after driving after putting on the floor for like one or two dribbles. Right. So there are improvements that he's got to make, but he's obviously a very talented player. Like, you know, and if, if Toronto could somehow get him, I'd actually be pretty happy with it. But um, yeah, no? I would be I would be opposed to it. OK, yeah. that's that. Hey, listen, just... that's, after this game, I understand it's not the most ringing endorsement. Also, on, one court, of nine, on court and off court. Not 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 very sure about the. He plays the, hero the ball a lot, too, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, he plays Tyler hero ball, man. Oh, man. <laughs> he one of nine from three. Yo, but how like... many bucket hats does Tyler hero have? <laughs> no, his his stylus is so stressed out. I know his stylus was rooting for the C's tonight, man. By the way, Chris Haynes was Chris Haynes uh, just reported that Tyler Hero might come back for Game Three in in the finals. So why, why Game Three? Uh, because like he's still not ready yet. Oh, oh, okay. So All like right. he still might need like another week. Interesting. But before he's ready, but it's so funny. This man broke his hand in like Game One in the first round. He really might come back in the finals. No, show some Miami, man. Like aside from those three losses, which we can kind of put away now, mm. uh, after they blew the three zero, like eighth seed making the finals, like it's like legendary this, stuff, we, man. We can resume talking about how impressive this playoff run has been for Miami. Yep. Like, yeah. man, it was a little scary though. And honestly, they should have won Game Six, right? Like, the from what I understand, because I again, I was at dinner that night, had just incredible Spanish tapas. Um, oh yeah. And so uh, at the end of the meal, I, I, I tuned into to, to my TSN app for, for one minute to watch the craziest one minute I've ever tuned in for, quite I, honestly. I don't, know, I don't know what app that is. I don't support that. You're right. You're right. Um, Actually, it might have been on Sportsnet, so my bad. But um, okay, ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, it seemed like the Celtics had control that whole game, and then the Heat just stole it from them at the end, and they fully should have just stole it from them. They and... did, but also, like, I don't know if you looked at the box score. Oh yeah, it looked wild. Like like Heat won the possession battle. Celtics mm-hmm. were terrible from three. Mm-hmm. But yes, they were up ten with like five minutes left, and it was one of those things where it was one of those like Miami runs where you don't understand how it happens. Yep. Like somehow, like Jimmy has the ball now, and they're they're only down two, mm-hmm. and then that's when I'm sure you saw like Horford fouled him. Yep. He makes those free throws. Yeah, but even that Derek White play, which now you know, like there's still. Like that's still a wild uh, buzzer beater, but it doesn't have like historical significance now. No, exactly because because they it, lost the series. But like that was so improbable, man. The ball bounces anywhere else; it's over. Mm-hmm. Like so, you know, luck of the Irish. But but you know that was mm. only uh, that was only for Game Six. No, I, uh, I think you got to credit the Heat for being that mentally tough, though. Of course, you know what I mean? Man. Like, of course, bro, like any they, other team, no one would have like blamed them. Six? No one would have blamed them if they folded tonight. Exactly. Like no one would have exactly. blamed them if they just got ran out of the building. Like they gave it a push the first five minutes, and the Celtics hit like four threes in like two minutes, and they just folded. Mm-hmm. Because you're the eighth seed, you've been beaten down, you lost that game at home, and no, instead they took control of that series. Like all I heard coming into the game was like how loud that building was. It and sounded you them, crazy. Oh, it's it just sound crazy, and and then you you saw like literally every single. Uh, former Boston Celtic from like the last 35 years, like oh, sitting yeah. courtside, mm. uh, plus Robert Kraft and and Jack mm. Harlow, who looks like a player from the 1970s. Bro, Jack these, Harlow should have uh, checked it at the end, man. The, these Celtics legends that they get, to, the, these Celtic celebrities that they get to the yeah. game is, we've already covered this on a previous pod, but it kills me every time, man. It, no, Isaiah, the, the Isaiah Thomas is ridiculous. Isaiah Thomas was there too. The, the IT. Who are you going to tell me next? Celtics? Avery Bradley was there. 
Glenn Big Baby Perkins was there. As you know, Isaiah Thomas. The Red Mamba was there. Shouts to IT, but he's constantly begging for a job uh, in the NBA. So I think he was there to try to get signed. Um, I mean, listen. Shouts to IT. And Paul Pierce left early. Um, you know, there was Paul a Pierce out. left early, eh? There was a timeout with about two minutes left, and then they cut to Pierce, and he was just dapping everyone courtside. By the way, how, how lit is Paul Pierce constantly? Because um, he he's constantly wearing uh, sunglasses. Like, oh yeah, but you know, like he he's like dabbled in like professional poker. So yes, I so, have like, seen that. Yes. Yeah, he used to he used to like get massages and then wear his sunglasses indoors mm. as well. Yeah, indoor sunglasses is very much Paul Pierce's wave. I'm just saying, this guy, yeah, it's very much a Kendall uh, in season one kind of scenario. I thought, I thought they were, I thought they were gonna bring out like the 2004 Red Sox because mm. like they have been talking about the 2000 Red Sox. Oh like, man, Dave Roberts. Yeah, Dave Roberts. They were comparing the Dave Roberts steal to Derek White's point one shot. There's which no, like, com- sure. there's no yeah, which like, which like, I'm like, sure. Sorry, man. You know the wild thing is like, I don't know if you watched baseball back then, but like, uh, yeah, I yeah, actually yeah. was rooting for the Red Sox in that series. Oh, like, everyone was. It the was Red Sox so at that point had never gone over the hump. Like they were the lovable losers, and yeah, it was against they were the, the Yankees. Ruth, yeah, they were the yeah. Babe Ruth curse, uh-huh. and and all of that, and it was great. Whereas yeah. like, plus that I team was, was likable, man. I liked like David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez. Like, how do you oh, not I love, love Manny, like, Pedro? Man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, I, yo, you know, you know what we got to do? And we won't do it tonight because we got way too many topics. We got, mm-hmm. we got Nick Nurse to Philadelphia. We're not talking Kurt Schilling because uh, that's, six, that's one man I did not love on that. We team, got but. six, we got succession, mm-hmm. but we got to do our, our basketball reference game, but baseball reference. Oh, like, bro. Come on, man. No, I don't <laughs> no, have no, no. that, man. No, I know you don't have that, but you got to see if I have it. You got to see if I have it. We, we're going to do right. a baseball reference later this week. All right. All right. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, yeah. I don't know, man. Anything else you want to add to this Celtics Heat situation? I mean, I guess we're gonna we're gonna look ahead to the finals. Yeah. Um, later this weekend, and and thank God, like we we were looking at ten days off. Yeah. You know, of the Heat swept last week, and now we just have a standard two days off before the finals start in in Denver on mm-hmm. on Thursday. So yeah, we I, escaped I think... having to draft all time Denver Nuggets players. You know, my, my last thing on this, uh, and again, yeah, we will cover the finals. I'm trying to get David Thorpe for Wednesday. I got a draft expert, uh, oh, a- Adam Spinella, for two, Tuesday. Two days off? You might have homie? two days off, honestly. Oh, my God. I'm um, a, yo, let me know what you want on Uber Eats, man. I'm what? A, I'm right. going to send, send that to, uh, you know, one bleep, bleep, <laughs> bleep Avenue. Yeah. I got your address. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was like, are you talking about OMP? But I was like, oh, okay. You're talking about my actual address. Yeah, yeah I got yeah, you. Yeah. Got you. Um, Shows to arenas, man. Um... You know what? The, the one last thing I want to say about this is Al Horford, I hope you are cursed forever for what you did for TJ Ford. I don't care that that was like 15, oh my, 16 still, years ago. You still holding on to that Absolutely, one? bro. I okay, love TJ Ford. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I love TJ too. I, yeah. I definitely did. And the two injuries that absolutely crushed me were TJ Ford and Jorge Garbajosa. Both in Boston. Both both involving current yeah, players involving, in Boston, yeah. I suppose. It yeah. absolutely crushed me, yep. those two injuries during that era. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to revisit that TJ Ford play because like, I actually can't remember what happened. Yeah. Basically, he was on a breakaway layup and then Al Horford came was from it behind a dirty as a member of the Hawks. Was it a dirty play? It, you know what opinion. it was? In your opinion. And again, I got to go back and watch it. This was like so many years ago. Yeah. But the way I'm remembering it is like some of those Joel Embiid plays. Like, is it okay, okay. is it a play on the ball? Sure. But is it reckless? Absolutely. So it's a reckless play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Okay. so I've always hated Al Horford ever since then. Also, he there's a there was like a three-year stretch of his career where he just kept tearing his pec. 
And I just just never seen any other player tear their pack like more than okay. once. Okay. So okay. um yeah, Al Horford, curse you and your curse packs. <laughs> oh my god, man. No, such I just I don't like such him, an man. evil way to, to wrap up this segment. Yeah, I I don't like him, man. I'm sorry. Like I, okay. I as a kid, I really loved TJ Ford. I'm sorry. No, I love Ford. Ford and Calderon yeah. together. Borderone? Yeah. Man, he ended yeah. he legit ended the debate. <laughs> Yo, he did end the debate. Um no, oh, those are great years for the Raptors, man. Yeah. Those are probably the first good years for you. Like watching the Raptors. Mm. Like, who was good before that for you? Uh no, nobody. So I'm yeah. watching the play right now. TJ Ford goes up for the layup. Al okay. Horford doesn't get the ball. Instead, he's midair. So TJ Ford like steps across him. Mm. Al Horford smacks him dead on the head, literally almost so takes reckless. off his headband. And TJ Ford collapses to the ground, hits his head as he falls down, stays down, has to get the stretcher to come out. Because as you remember, TJ Ford has a spinal injury. That's right. Yeah, no, I, I remember and by being the way, devastated by that one. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm even more pissed about it now because I remember this detail finally. The score was 92 to 84 with one minute left. Mm. The game is over. Yeah, so there was there was no need for that type of physical play. There is genuinely no need for it. Yeah. It's not even one of those like, oh, the guy uh, went for a layup, unwritten rules, five seconds left in the game, and he goes in for a layup. No, there's a minute left. TJ Ford just got the steal. He's well within his rights to go in for a layup. You're well within your rights to ta- draw a man up. He doesn't do that. He hits him across the head. And obviously, he didn't mean to end his career like that. But I, I just, I, I'm sorry. Like, I'll never cheer for Al Horford. Yeah, no, I was just checking my phone. I got TJ Ford's number on my phone, man. We got to clip this segment and send it to him. Man. I got I got to let him know that you're his number one stand. Bro, tell like him to this. send me some shorts too, man. I, I need that <laughs> I need that 5X. Yo, I asked him about that once. And he said that they like ran. They just didn't have any shorts like other size when they did the photo shoot. Bro, there's no way, so man. So he just there's like no, slapped those on him. There's no way. And I think he said that when he, because I think he wore like a massive suit at the draft too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when he was drafted and he was like that that was his first time like ever going to a tailor and i was like what so you did go to a tailor but it was still that size <laughs> anyways nba players are built different man yo legit so, man no but yeah, bro, that was tj ford's fashion no matter what he wore man no shout out to tj man uh, yeah that, that's how did he gotta... ever do a crossover with shorts like that <laughs> <Just> <laughs> like... yo you know who are the same shorts though uh joey cheese man joe mazula oh oh that's right joe provolone man oh <laughs> like, holy um yeah that's oh, why you tune into the goodness. raptor show on uh on SNPN, which you have invented the sportsnet podcast network yeah let's let's you we know. need to find the proper like you know yeah proper saying for this no that's fair um, no i like snpn though we mm. should make some snpn merch um Too close all right, to t- time stamp this please as we move on got you to the second segment uh speaking of reckless uh joel Embiid is now united with reckless coach nick nurse oh so nick is heading to philadelphia this was official today and Woj reported that the Sixers and the Phoenix Suns were engaged with Nurse and his agent, Andy Miller of Clutch Sports, mm. throughout the weekend and into Monday. Andy so, Miller. By the way, look up Andy Miller. Uh, and, and, and um, Oh, yeah. He's sorry. had to call on Levy a few times, I believe. Hey, um, man. So, so leaving uh, Nurse with a difficult decision, Woj said, <laughs> between two contending teams. And in the end, Woj said, Nurse's desire to coach Joel Embiid and his history with Daryl Morey played a significant part in his decision to commit to a deal 
with Philadelphia. And mm. also Keith Pompey, our guy, cannot wait for that Locked On Sixers exclusive. Oh, man. Nick Nurse said that Nurse met with Joel Embiid during the interview process. And according to a league source, the meeting went very well. Mm. What, do you, what do you think they talked about in that meeting? I feel like they just cracked a bunch of awkward jokes. And and then spoilers, like uh, succession spoilers, like Tom and Shiv just decided to have this like uncomfortable partnership moving mm-hmm. forward to, to try to get past the second round. You told me that's 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 Nick Nurse. Who's Nick in that scenario? Nick has to be Shiv, I suppose. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I'm just workshopping this one live right now. So. Oh man. I'm just workshopping this one uh-huh. live right now. So, anyways. Yeah, I feel like you've expressed your feelings about Nick Nurse. No, I hate him, man. No, not not him, not him. I just, I just hate this idea. You hate yeah. the idea yeah. of of Nick and of of the Sixers together. What do you, what do you think though? You think this is like you know separating obviously all the Toronto stuff and like look just looking at this. You think this is a good hire for the Sixers? Um, I, I mean, I think Nick Nurse is a really good coach. I think like, they tactically. upgraded a coach. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think so too. Does that change the bottom line for them? I don't think so. Um, I actually, I I doubt they can beat either the Heat or the Celtics. To be honest, oh, or, man, or, or the or the Bucks or the Bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah, bro, we, I, after we, watching the Heat play like this with their cohesiveness, I, I I can't put what what would possibly make me put Philadelphia over top of them. It doesn't even matter about the talent. It's about how well you play together as a team. That's fair. We we've I think we both collectively agree that we're not. Going to talk about the Sixers as contenders going into next. No, season. no, no. They're they're we like just a, yeah, they're like a you know slightly scarier New York Knicks um, to me at this point until proven otherwise. But I, I I do think that like um, Nick will get them to play more creatively. I do wonder how some of Nick's tactics will parlay with or, or translate with like what the Sixers personnel is right. Because let's say James Harden returns, and obviously there's a real chance he just dips off the Houston. And especially considering they didn't hire Mike D'Antoni for this job, which felt like James Harden's man, um, it probably seems like he might go to Houston. But listen, mate, there's also a real chance he stays in Philadelphia. There's going to be a moment this season, this coming season, where the Sixers are down 12 with two minutes left. And you know what Nick Nurse loves to do down 12 with two minutes left. Full oh, he's court gonna, press. He's going to pull out the press. Yeah, full court press. And let's see what's going to happen. And I, I just want to see James Harden's reaction when he has to full court press after playing 42 minutes. And I get it. Like when Nick had deeper rosters, like in 2019, even like in 2020 to lesser degree, he was able to manage the minutes a lot better. Right. But I, I just, I just, I wonder how some of that high intensity sort of approaches will impact it, but he's a very tactical coach. He's got a better roster to work with now. Clearly, obviously Joel Embiid is better than anybody that Toronto has. And yeah, like I, I think, It'll it'll be good for them just because I I didn't think Doc necessarily got the most out of those guys, um, but at the same time, this genuinely will be one of the most annoying combinations we've seen in basketball, and yeah, okay. I, I I genuinely remember like there's somebody who um a, a friend of mine, um who is really oddly enough very in tune with a lot of NBA officials they they told me that like yeah Nick is genuinely one of the most annoying coaches in the entire league if not the most annoying coach to deal with oh is this our boy Oladipo <laughs> do you have to edit that uh, yeah, whatever but the, the, the whole point is and I'm not trying to like put it out there as a report that Nick is the most I don't like okay. no this is just an opinion that I've gone from someone else who I, understands I think that passes, coaches I think that passes the eye test too man it also passes the eye uh, test. Like and it it's passes like, the eye test. You see the way that 
you see the way that Nick like engages with officials. And like if you watch closely sure. in these playoffs, you look at a guy like Spo, the way that he talks to officials, or like Michael Malone. Mm-hmm. All these coaches get mad at calls throughout the game. Of course. But there's like a certain respect and decorum in the way that you approach these situations. Because these are also long-term relationships that you're managing. Yeah. Like the way that you talk to Scott Foster, well, he's a bad example, but like you talk to like, I don't know, give me another ref. You know, all the refs, Tony like the brothers. You, yeah. The, no, no, he's also a bad example. Well, they're all bad examples. Mark Davis. Like, you like Mark yeah. Davis? Oh my God. He's bad too. <laughs> give me someone who nobody has an issue with. Um, oh, okay. Josh Tivin. You like Josh? Tivin? Uh, no, Tivin's been kind of slipping, man. Um, <laughs> slipping so, <Tivin>? <laughs> yo, Tivin and his flop era right now. No, but the way you talk to when them. When was he not? The, the way you talk to when them. When was in he like in a, any other era, bro? The way you talk to them in like a February regular season game, like is going to impact the way you're able to approach them like in a second round postseason game. You remember when and he got like, into that whole argument with like, oh, the referee told me that if I if I use my timeout here and use my oh, challenge, this is the that I could game, challenge, right? right? Yeah. Meanwhile, it, and the way he complained about it was so incredulous. And listen, I understand getting upset after that game. I was also upset at that game. I was upset at Nick. He had two timeouts and he completely bundled it including on calling one of the two timeouts on a fast break where the raptors are had a four-on-one advantage ah but no no nn would never make a mistake man no but um, it, it made thing, it all you know? about i think who i forgot who it was i think tom washington afterwards by the way he's in his own issues right now uh but anyway regardless it's just that approach from nick coupled with that approach from joel Embiid, and if james harden stays and if there are more in the front office like you don't understand like this this is this is this is not good for the sport itself, you know. No, I'm and, with you. I, and I, the I, fact that we have to see it four times a year, guaranteed, if if not in the playoffs as well, no, it's just the, you know, oh, you know how you God. always joke about how like we got like coaches free agency, like front office free agency here in Toronto. Yeah, like we always focus on like, oh, where's Masai going, or like, oh, Nick and all this stuff. We we need Sixers Raptors on opening night. It's gonna be the first matchup where uh, oh. the head coach is gonna be on that marquee promo graphic like it's gonna be nick nurse on the graphic with whoever is it's gonna be like nick nurse versus like scotty Scotty barnes (laughs) it's gonna be a coach versus player like i want the first ever opening night game that's centered around a coach Mm. like that's and honestly like uh who else are the Sixers gonna play man like you guys are a second round team like it's not like you're gonna get to draw like the Eastern Conference champions or something mm-hmm. on on opening night, like they'll probably draw Boston or something. But like, give us a Philly yeah. Toronto right off the bat, man. I don't want to see that. I want to see. I want to see Nick and Scotia make Arena early, man. I want to see. I want to see what the crowd reception is going to be like. Oh, he's going to be know, cheered. Come on, he's yeah, gonna be yeah. Cheered. No, but that's that's. But I'm curious it. about that. And yeah. then get ready to do a segment about that. Um, you know, when we're back on air. Um, oh man, on, on game day. You know, will will we cheer or boo, Nick? And, and we're definitely going to draft all his favorite moments. But I'm excited to see his intro presser in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. I'm very interested. Very interested. I, I, I already sure. said it, man. Yeah. I need Keith Pompey to, to step up to that mic and be like, Nick Nurse, uh, It's it's been a whirlwind a couple of months for you. Um, where's your head at? <laughs> you want him to ask the same question? Yes. Because do you think no, it no, was no, a no, coincidence? No, no. By the way, no, no, I, no, no, no. I don't no, know if it's no. like an NBA conspiracy thing. Do you think it's a coincidence that – he did that press conference again out of the blue, unprompted. No I'm matter what say, he says I'm, about it, I'm gonna say it's a coincidence. Just it was like, in Philly; they, they couldn't have known that they were gonna fire Doc Rivers at the time. Really? Okay, Doc you, Rivers. You, you didn't. You didn't think Doc Rivers might have been fired at, at some point this season. Doc Rivers was a the Anthony Melton curveball away from saving his job. Doc Rivers like, was many curveballs away from winning. <laughs> no, I know. Eighty he's rounds. Th- okay, he's thrown a lot of sinkers in his career. <laughs> you know, he's had a lot of pass balls. 
He doesn't have three true outcomes. He has one true outcome when yeah. it's a series clinching game. Listen, bro. I have the same amount of faith in Doc Rivers as I do with Aaron Loop coming out of the bullpen. You know what I mean? They, like, please learn one other res- reliever and please don't make a Jesse Lich reference. That's the only other pitcher you know. Himmy um, Garcia? <laughs> no, man. It's literally <laughs> pronounced Jimmy. Up. Anyways, I don't want the first question to go to Pompeii. I, I really? want I want six or PR to be like, hey, we actually have someone on Zoom right now. Lindsay Dunn City News, man. Oh. Yeah. That's 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 the curveball I want. That's Ooh. the Anthony Melton curveball. That, that's got a heat. Yeah. Lindsay, we might have to sign you up for that. Um yeah. so honestly, it's 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 gonna be interesting. But listen, I I I don't wish Nick like unwell or anything. No, like no, that. Like, there's I no actually, there's no ill will. I think we're just um, looking at it from a basketball perspective of like, is this going to work? Like, like what as are, a basketball fan, that team yeah. already had so many people who whined. And yeah. to add Nick on top of that, I suppose it's just like it just kind of completes it. But, I'm, a, I'm a, I'll say too, like oh I don't, man. I feel like you know people can obviously change, and actually that's the one thing I'm really curious about is like in terms of being a Who's basketball coach. No, but instead of being a basketball coach for Nick specifically, like what he's gonna change and like what he's learned, like here, because like I mean, I'm, you you, I'm, you get fired and then you get to coach the MVP the next year, you don't learn anything. You just double down. <laughs> I'm. I just. I'd be curious, man, and I want to see like how he treats. You know, we saw the public callouts here, and like you know, it, mm. it, it works sometimes. It, it sometimes didn't. And I mean, I don't know, man. I I'm very curious about how this Nick Nurse Joel Embiid thing is gonna work. Like they're gonna have their honeymoon period, but you know, oh, that's, that's 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 two big egos there, though, man. Oh, that, that's two big egos there. You know, Joel loves to like do his little like Instagram jokes and like social media. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like, I'm sure he's gonna like take a photo, you know, with 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 Nick Nurse, kind of like how when you and Chris Boucher oh, settled man. the beef or something. I, no, I need like, I need I need Joel and B to put on a <laughs> Nick Nurse hat, man. Yeah, and then oh. and then and then NN's gonna NN's gonna like you know it's gonna be like that that one meme where like Chris Paul waves off like Steve Kerr or something and they're mm-hmm. like fake laughing at each other like they're gonna fake laugh at each other's jokes for like four months but like that, you that's, said that's how I fake laugh at every Joel Embiid joke that but, has gone but viral. like you said when when Embiid hits that five of twenty one on a national televised game against Jokic and you know yeah. Nick Nurse goes to the podium and, and calls him out you know or when they hit that second round in the playoffs. And if you know, if they see Adrian Griffin and the Milwaukee Bucks in Game no, Seven, to Griff, man. yeah, no, we're gonna get a Griff Nick Nurse playoff series, man. We need it. Mm. Um, so they can Uber there together to the oh. um, so, so yeah, like you know, times are gonna uh. get tough there, and I'll be interested to see, man, because because those are two big personalities. Like I think, I think I mean, we're fair I, to call I, I Nick Nurse a I big think, personality. Right? I think Philadelphia's like, on on borrowed time anyway. Like this wasn't the most stable situation that Nick Nurse stepped into. That's First the other thing. That's the other thing. Is yeah. is let's say 50-50 to return, and sure. even if he returns, it's not going to be like people are going to celebrate. Like, yeah, we got him back. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, all right, fine. I actually yeah. think there's a segment of Sixers fans who are like, wow, like maybe we get to walk away from this. Like I, I know there's no okay. replacement for him, but at the same time, it's like if he's asking for like whatever you know the max money that he can get with the max years, mm-hmm. like you really gonna give that to him in, in Philadelphia? Like that's the thing. Like like you mentioned, like I don't see Nick and James Harden working. Sure, if 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 James walks, I do trust that Daryl Morey, who is just a really good tinkerer, like he always makes tons of he makes a great volume of trades. Uh, he will probably try to sign and trade or find something in a way of sort of getting in a replacement. I, I trust that from James or, or from from uh, Daryl. Yeah, your uh, favorite, your favorite president of basketball operations. Ab- absolutely, man. That that is definitely who I love the most, man. But like, Yo, he, he... Can, can we just take a step back and, uh-huh. and just remember that there 
there's been like a decade long of like Daryl Morey stands. This man literally has like an analytics conference dedicated to him. Oh yeah. That that's like us doing the live show, but <laughs> Yo, that's wild. But way nerdier. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but just numbers. Daryl Boy walks on stage instead of talking about Asians and getting therapy, he's like, here's is that, a spreadsheet. Is is that why is that why Joel Wolf on left ours early? He's like, yo, this doesn't hit like Sloan. Oh man. Does <laughs> by the way, has anyone in our inner circle gone to Sloan? I actually really curious. Yeah, cause... if anyone's ever gone to Sloan. I feel like Sloan was hitting. It was like basketball comic con. Yo, you don't understand. Bit. When I was in university, when mm. I, um and I was obviously super interested in basketball. I would go to the Sloan website and then download the PDFs and read the papers. Oh man! I would read the abstracts. Yeah, so, I would read the yeah. The, sometimes you know, I forget all that stuff, you are a true you're a nerd at heart, man. Bro, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would and, and it was actually fairly interesting. Like, it was honestly, first off, like that was what you do in university anyway, right? So I was reading a ton of papers regardless, but like this like the, i think one of the papers is like the value of offensive rebounding as compared to getting back like that that's a way more interesting paper even if it is written out in sort of that really dry way that scientific papers all are that's a lot more interesting to me than reading like whatever the hell i was doing in you know chemical biology about like oh the efficacy of the uh phosphorus 2 beta 3 receptor um in the uh cell lipid process i was like god damn like i honestly no, i don't know again, anyone don't gets you, a degree in any i don't of know this. what you just said man uh um but oh, like, I, also, I also have i also have daryl morey's number on my phone but it's a oh, yeah? houston it's a no, houston area code he must just switch numbers but call him man no man no, what, you know what, you what do you think this is howard stern no you should call him and then be like Nihao, UPS, uh, Nita. <laughs> Yo, you know what? That would be a ridiculous segment to pull on, like just everyone, everyone in the NBA. That's that's really our you. You better learn Chinese, buddy. Segment, I, dude. First off, I got a real question about that UPS prank call. Okay, who came yeah. up with that UPS prank call? First um, of all, the first time I got that, I thought it was real because like I get a lot of packages. And, yeah, and, okay. I was, and I was like, oh my God, like I better not be missing like a free Nike package or something. Uh-huh. So I tried calling them back or something. I forgot what I did. No, that's actually <laughs> nuts, man. Yeah. I was stressed out about it for like a whole day. I'm like, oh my God, they're holding a package somewhere. No, they got your package hostage like Su Young. No, but Yo, seriously, they, though, they, they hit call me with you. That nihau, man. Holy First off, for me, I'm like, I actually understand every word that they're saying. You know, like, oh, oh okay. okay, yeah, yeah, because because you're fluent. It, in that it's manner. a UPS. We have a package for you. Press nine to talk to an operator. Like, oh, it, that that's what they're saying, right? Like, so it is believable, except for the fact that I I just genuinely don't order that many things. So like, it's unless you telling me that there's some sort of influencer package coming in, or I bought something on SVP Sports. Like, it's it's not for me, and I know it's a prank call. But I I need you to make that prank call and for for Daryl Moore, please. Um, <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. I haven't gone an air duct cleaning service one in a while, man. Did, 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 those did aren't even prank down? calls. I think those are just like you know what people used to do in in terms of like. I don't remember you could get those summer jobs and you could just like call through the phone book. Yeah, because and... you no, know, because you famously yeah. ran. Didn't, weren't you in like a multi-level marketing scheme with knives or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know when I was re- that was your that was your Andy Miller era, man. Oh, you know? bro, I, I I was I was in my bag. I was in Shouts, my cut, I was in my cutco bag. Shouts and... a uh, clutch though. No, you're a cutty from the cut, man. Yo, listen. This is this was the job, right? This was the job. Mm. So, um, it was the summer between going from grade 12 to university. And I was like, I would like to earn a little bit of money. Also, there's like nothing I'm doing that summer, right? There's no summer school, nothing. Like I, I just, I'm not doing anything. And so I'm like, I need a little bit of money in my pocket. Um, You know, how can I find a job? And 
it was one of those things that sh- showed up on Craigslist, and I was like, all right, fine, whatever. Let's go to thing the thing. You go to Wait, the hold on. You found the job on Craigslist? You're pretty sure, yeah. Wow, pretty that's sure. Wild, man. All right, yeah. go on. This is 2010, by the way. So yeah, uh, not, I, I pretty show recent. up. Yeah. Downtown, it's like some sort of like weird corporate office. Kind of looks like a walk-in clinic. Um, and there's everybody just waiting around. And I have like a full dress shirt on, dress pants, dress shoes. Uh, it's probably the same outfit I used to wear for my band recitals, but I probably wore mm. that. I had like my dad's like fancy like leather zip up folio, you know, folder with like I don't know ruled paper and a ruler in there and a pen, trying to look professional. I, might, I may have even worn a tie. Walked in there and like five minutes in, I'm like, oh, this is a scam. But they seemed like they were actually paying me money. And and the goal was, I think they were like, we'll give you a commission um and we'll give you a base rate um and it was like we'll give you i think probably at that time like 15 or 19 dollars one of those two numbers and for every single time you 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 make one of these pitches but in order to make this pitch you need to first purchase this like zipper pouch and i was like oh what's in the zipper pouch it's like two knives one butter knife one like kind of so long serrated knife a cutting board and like some string and it was like, so first off, this 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 folio is going to cost you like $120. So you're already down once you enter the job. But if you like make enough visits to your friends and you call up their moms, essentially, which so is what I spent gotta, all summer. You got to scam your friends. You got to scam your friends to make money back. I bugged all of my friends and their moms to sit in their kitchens. And I went through this like 30 minute presentation where I cut a, a tomato real thin. Then I cut this string, this like rope. And then at the very end, I showed them a catalog that had like knives that cost like five hundred to a thousand dollars, and they were all like, "Yes, sweetie, no, um, and, and please stop bothering me." But like that's how I spent my whole summer. So that that was the job, and and I'm happy to say I think I did walk up out of that situation with like a plus two fifty, let's say. That's pretty good. That's, but that's I think a good, per that's hour, a good night at Ennis's poker game. I, for, I will take plus fifty at Ennis's game, but I think per hour I probably paid like two dollars maybe maybe even one I, I think i put a lot of hours into that job no you, and this, I, this, needs, uh, yeah. this needs to be a subplot in like season two of the bear man the funniest this thing is... though is my parents still use that butter knife and that serrated knife for a long time um so it, it's it's still sharp i mean I, I suppose it was actually worth it if you had a lot of money to sell Damn, all the knives. no yeah. they were calling you andrew sharp man that's, that, that was your Andrew Sharp era. That was man. tough, man. And I was riding my bike everywhere to those to those places, man. I was riding my bike to Rexdale and stuff. It was horrible. <laughs> oh my god! And now it and was now horrible. And man. now he's the center of the Raptors universe, man. Mm. We we are we got to hang on to this job, man. Shouts shouts to SF. Shouts shouts to Cutco, bro. Anyone who worked at Cutco, let me know, please. I'm pretty sure we we like briefly talked about this. Uh, I think last summer. Yeah. And I think people did reach out. Like I remember a few people oh, okay. reaching out, being like, "Oh yeah, I definitely remember Cutco." Oh, like, I, I guess I, I guess forgot. it was a kind of a popular thing, like not like popular, but like people in the city know about it. Oh, absolutely! I, I'm sure a lot of people who needed like a summer job or some sort of temporary job or some sort of gig, like probably signed up for it at some point. Um, and it's been around for a long time. And the funniest thing is they, you know, it's a scam because the instructors that they have coming in. They come in, they're like, yo, guess what, man? One summer I worked here, bro, and I sold like five sets of the premium sets, and I made like $20,000 just off that alone. And then they made me like regional manager, and that's why I'm talking to you right now, and you could be me. And I'm like, there's no, like, they just pitching lies, man. 
Oh, of course, but I mean, it, it it was kind of impressive. Um, no, in terms that. of just the, the the setup of the scam, like it wasn't just like they call you and they're like, "Ni hao, UPS." Like, no, no like, it, it they, was they, genuinely. They put some like, thought into it. Like this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- this is like this is like knife culture instead of heat culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like they try to they try to rope you in. Also, every one of those uh Cutco executives who are trying to sell you, they all look like stock images. You know, like when you see people dressed in stock boardroom photos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so what they're they like dress very like. bland and like it's like it's just yeah. like exactly what you would think the guy pitching you would look like. Except they have a knife. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Cutco is a hard name though. I respect that. Uh, yeah. That's that's all I respect. Anyways, uh Raptors coaching search update. Um, yeah. Oh, we're Doug just gonna Smith. skip over Griff, bro. Come on, congrats oh, to Griff, no. I, man. Oh, I, I had Griff number three on this oh, okay. uh, coaching gotcha, carousel gotcha. update. Gotcha. Should, but we can bump Griff up, man. Show some my guy. Mm. Um, you know, Adrian Griffin was hired by the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, believe this was over the weekend, and all of the candidates. So the last three candidates, everybody knows, was Adrian Griffin, Double N, and Kenny Atkinson, and reportedly they all met with Giannis. Mm. Um, and and Giannis, um, you know. I don't know if he pushed for Griffin, but like we were talking about it last week too. Like like Giannis was in favor of of the team hiring Adrian Griffin, according to to all reports. So no, happy for Griffin. I was here mm. saying last week that like, hey, a coach like that first time being an NBA head coach, like you might have to start in like a Houston and like a Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see what he's gonna be able to do with a team that's obviously trying to win now. Yeah. And I think another team that in a way just needed like um like a breath of fresh air. Like it seemed like you know after that upset in the first round to, to the Heat, like they just needed some kind of reset at the coaching position, and you know we've we've never seen Adrian Griffin in this position, and now he you know he's got he's joining a team with championship expectations. So, and I think it reflects well in a way on the Raptors organization too, right? No, so, for sure. But I think honestly, like for Griff, like if you know um, both his history as a player and then his history coming up as a coach, like. There is a lot of time that he spent and and built into this equity, right? Like not not only is a former player who you know has played in all sorts of levels, like this guy, there's like some continental basketballs. There's also like these names that I'm just like I'm not even sure that that's even real. That that might be like the Cutco version of a basketball league. Like mm. it, like he's played in those. Then he coached. Then you know he's obviously won a chip in Toronto. He's he's credited a lot for what he's done at the defensive end which sort of mirrors what he did as a player. And also, you know, in, in Toronto, he he did have a lot of responsibilities building out the defense. And I would say out of Toronto, like defensive ingenuity, even though that's largely Nick, um, is probably the number one thing you'd be trying to hire for. And I think that, yeah, Griff seems to get along with people as well. I mean, you know, the players all seem to really like him um, from what I saw. And even to speaking to us in the media, he was very calm and patient. Um you know, we gave really long quotes. So, Eric Nem, you you better you better get ready to transcribe. You, buddy. Better, get, you better get ready to get a transcription service, buddy. Yeah, no, like yeah. You, you're going to need it because he he will give you that kind of insight. But um, yeah, I mean, more than anything else, like um, you know, I, I for a guy who's worked that long to get to this position, like it's cool that he's got there, right? No, so. I think I think he's a clear early winner of the off season. Like you can't get better as a first you know, head coaching opportunity. And then you, we can nitpick and we have nitpicked about like the Bucks roster and how they're aging and stuff, but you're not going to get a better first coaching opportunity than having Giannis like on your roster. Yeah, that's fair. Like this, this is going to be, you know, a lot of pressure too on the flip side, right? Like, like they are expected to perform right away. So, you know, calling it right now, man, the Adrian Griffin, Nick Nurse Bowl is, is coming in the second round next season. Mm. And when, the, when Giannis carries Griff off the court in game seven, <laughs> Oh. After the Bucks come back from three one, 
<laughs> and Ooh. Doc Rivers is they cut to Doc Rivers at, at ESPN because he's on the panel. <laughs> no nah, man, I need Doc oh, Rivers to smoke that Nick Nurse pack, man. <laughs> that's gonna, he's he's gonna make that joke everyone's making today. He's gonna be like, man, that's why you don't go from a doc to a nurse. Oh. <laughs> That's gonna hit different. And, that, and, that, that can only hit from uh, from Doc Rivers, to be honest. By the way, how much longer do you think Joel Embiid's gonna stay in Philadelphia if they if they lose one more time? But this is the thing. Like, I think this is and, last and cast. I'm not looking at any sort of addition that they can make in the next year where I'm confident saying that Joel Embiid is going to make it out of the Eastern Conference or no, even once, to the conference once again, finals. Like, I'm 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 invoking the the Jalen Brown rule right now. Uh, uh, name me like a Joel Embiid uh moment in the playoffs. Like you can okay. tell me, you can that tell one me the I shot know. that put you can you give me the shot that put the uh put the Sixers up three zero. Yes, I was uh, gonna against give the Raptors, but I'm I'm gonna have to invoke a rule of I'm gonna need something that's not in the first round because mm. uh, Se- these first round, round moments. Because if we're talking first round moments, and then you know, like unless you're Dame hitting like you know like game winning shots like against Houston. You know, against OKC to end a series, like I don't want to hear about no first round moments. Hmm. Like, give me a real Joel Embiid moment. The air, the air, the airplane. Okay, in a series that they lost. He well, he technically did the airplane in the series that they won as well, but then Siakam but, broke his face. But that was a first round series. We you're can't right. You're those. right. You're right. That is also first. We damn. can't count those. This is and tough, how man. are you giving me two moments from a first round series? No, nah, man, he's got to be collecting arrow miles at this point. Like, no, no, no. Like we're doing. We're we're ranking players based on moments from now on, and and mm. Embiid Embiid can't make that category because he doesn't have the moments. Like he just doesn't have the. Mo- I'm with you though. This roster, yeah. Is, what uh, about the kickout pass to James Harden? And in, 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 what? In, in. <laughs> Remember he what? got doubled, and then Jalen Brown just for some reason left James Harden fell. wide open. Yo, his only moment is almost turning Grant Williams into Android 16. Oh my goodness! Like man. that is his one moment. Yeah. Grant Williams like, got his head reshaped for for this playoff series. Or no, for I am interested. Run. Like, listen, man, we were all letting the jokes slide today about like all the Sixers guys are going to play like forty eight minutes a game. Like, yeah, I'm I really interested. I'm interested in how Nick's going to approach that, man. That's that's what I mean when I mean like change. Like, is he going to learn and change depending on the new environment? By, new by the way, Raptor fans, <laughs> we we collectively, and I put myself in this. All right, I'm not calling one out. I'm calling all of us out. I'm calling us in. Actually, that's how this okay. works. Okay, right? yeah. We're getting this is a in, call right? in. Yeah. This is. Well, well you learned this in. Th- yeah, okay, share that with me, so I don't have. That, to. That's the other therapy, but. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but for 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 us collectively mm. so we we let go of nick and but we're treating it like our former when when people brag about their former partner when people put down their former partner they're just like mm. oh oh you got together with her all right well i, I hope you enjoy mm. that's, being that's late the to vibe. things that's the vibe yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i hope you enjoy I hope, yeah, I hope hope you enjoy all your uh players acls getting shredded for playing 48 minutes <laughs> i hope you enjoy you know a lot of money being spent or like, I hope you enjoy, no, I hear you. you know I what I mean? You. Bad cooking. You. you know what I mean? Mean? Like it's, yeah, it's, I it's not I great. I hope you I enjoy her mind. parents. Like, I don't like, mind wait, wait, it. Is I... Nick Bjorkman going? Cause he has to go. <laughs> oh, he, he definitely has to go. That, no, that's, that's his, uh, that's his Greg, by the way. That's, that's, no, that's, that's the that's Greg, that's Greg. the Greg to his Tom. No, bro. The Greg Tom was, was the original Greg Tom is Kawhi and Jeremy Castleberry. Man. Oh, I thought he was going to say it's Daryl Morey and James Harden. <laughs> no man that's hugo and carolina man um mm, but like one of them like, getting cut i think no it's it is I, I get what you're saying but it's like i think as long as you don't actually mean it, it it's like it's kind of funny right like uh-huh. it's kind of funny when a coach leaves and, and like we've we've known these like i don't know if you call them flaws about nick 
but but there's like main talking points about Nick, right? Yeah. And one of the main talking points is the minutes. Like the minute they are okay. what they are. So like we're gonna see we're gonna see if it was because of like a symptom of the Raptors roster. Um, or, you know, in a new situation, I don't know, like how that roster is going to look like next season in Philly. Like, is he going to run like a 10 man rotation? So if you're telling me if Paul doesn't play 25 minutes a game, then, 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 then we're I'm just saying PJ Tucker, PJ Tucker is also a 38 boy. Um, shouts to oh, Braun, shouts to Bobby Webster. Like, I, I don't know if he's got it in him. Like, I know he's got that dog in him, but I don't know if he's got that 48 in him for, for his age 38 season. Like PJ Tucker is the one player that I look at on the roster. I'm like, which player would Nick play 48 minutes? It's PJ Tucker. Oh yeah, absolutely. Plus they have yeah. the Toronto connection dating back to when Nick was an assistant. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's just so funny to me that Nick nurse said the 10 years is a, is a good time to sit back and reflect the whole speech. And it, it was in Philly and now he ends up in Philly. <laughs> yeah, it's that's just a such a funny coincidence, man. man. It is a coincidence, but it is funny. It is funny. Although to be fair, yeah. I, I also thought for sure that he was going to Houston. So that, that clearly didn't work out. But, guaranteed, uh, guaranteed Embiid is going to show up at his presser and crack a joke. And that's going to be the beginning of the honeymoon period between Nick. And by the way, Nick is Joel Embiid not sports funny? Is he real funny or is he sports funny? Oh no, he's neither. Like I've actually oh, not found him to be, to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The only thing funny is his resume, to be honest. Oh, come on! <laughs> yeah, bro. sorry, 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 sorry. It's it's late, man. Let's yeah, go, man. Late. No, I I need I need rights to Ricky Sanchez or one of those Sixers <laughs> blogs to hear this, man. Yo, sorry, I, guys, we're being salty. All right, we're doing what you guys do. It is what so, it is. We are very. We're salty, in the same boat, but, guys. But we do it all. No, but I saw people upset that Nick was hired, like in Philly. Why? Okay, come on. Because I. No, just like, because this... he quit on the team, <laughs> we're it gonna is... be upset. Like, come on! I am very curious just to see, uh-huh. just to see how Nick's gonna grow or not grow as a head coach. Like, Again, we'll see. The man's we'll not gonna grow, man. He just got let go, and then got he just like he got Joel and beat after getting and, and let great, go. Like... And great finessing by by Clutch. Shouts to Clutch. Mm. Basically positioning, and then you you know, there's I'm sure there's some truth in it, but basically mm-hmm. positioning Nick as a guy who was just going to pick between the three most prominent jobs yes. out there. Yeah. Milwaukee, uh, Philadelphia, Phoenix, because when, when the Adrian Griffin report came out on the weekend, the report that came out right before was that Nick Nurse had actually himself pulled out of the process. Mm. So it wasn't Got that you. the Bucks were picking Griffin over Nick and Kenny Atkinson. It was Nick had actually bowed out himself. Mm. So... Um, and then the reports also came out that he had interviewed, you know, he had met with the Suns, you know, he had met with the Sixers. It is interesting. I mean, we talked about this too. It's like, you talk about the Sixers roster, like if he really did have the pick between Phoenix and, and Philadelphia, that is interesting. Cause like, just like gut reaction, I would go with Phoenix. Yeah, like I was offered both jobs. I, I think we actually did the segment on like one of our <laughs> no, last we definitely like, did. Trust me. shows. We've done the carousel and we've just spun it around every way. So we've actually done every scenario already. It's not but a wheel. I, I, <laughs> oh no! It's a kosher carousel. Oh my god, man! Um, it's a spaceship. Damn, it's getting late, man. Um, Taking Phoenix, you to a place where we all ache to go. Phoenix, I think Phoenix is a better job, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Seems so, like they just want Kevin Young though. So. Oh yeah, that has been floated by the Podfather too. I've never seen. I by the way, I feel like. By the whoever, way, can we just call him Podfather for like the next year? Like, can uh, we just never say Bill Simmons' name? 
Oh man. Podfather, you we talk about bad nicknames. Podfather is an amazing nickname. Oh. And you know what? He's he's earned it. Here's the thing, like everyone loves to hate Bill Simmons, myself included, but I'll listen mm. to that thing, man. Also, like, how do you not like take not just not not like pointers, but you you how do you not at least tap into like one of the most successful podcasts like ever in sports? I like, read honestly, Bill there's Simmons. a lot of I read stuff. Bill Simmons growing up when he was on ESPN's page too, man. Okay, like, I thought I you were think... gonna say you read the big book of basketball, which I definitely did and Oh, book of myself, like I was like, all right, man. Book of basketball as well, man. You gotta, you know, shouts to the pyramid, man. Um... Uh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> the original Cutco. Um, but like, no, but seriously, like, you you gotta take away some elements, um, in terms of like, okay, these are some things that actually would be successful, like, you know, oh, and, and, and Simmons... you see similarities in this show. For example, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare voice. like the two shows. I'm just mean like, I, I, I there are influences that oh, like, bro, most sports podcasts take without from without a doubt, and that's like I... that's saying that. On top of all that, we 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 definitely find the content annoying, and it's more of a hate listen than anything else. But like, you know, no, nah, I, I I grew up listening to Simmons, and like, I've definitely like fallen off a little bit in that. Like, I pick and choose now in terms of like the guests that he has on. Yeah, and so you don't listen to Joe House, and I think actually Love House, and uh, most people, what? No, most, brother. No. I think him, and, I think him and Rusillo is like no. my least favorite pairing. Really? Um, that's my but, that's my favorite hate listen, man. I'm sorry. Uh, that one's tough for me. Have you seen the videos of those, by the way? Like, I mean, again, I've seen not, some not clips say, online. I've not to say that online. like any of our, our backgrounds. Or any, again, we're not trying to diss. I'm just trying to comment on on the on a scenario like we do with everything. Mm. But like, if you ever seen like if you go on the Ringer YouTube page or whatever, and you and you see the Bill yeah. Simmons Rosello podcast, man, Kyle, turn on the TikTok camera. Uh, yeah. Rosello is always like sitting in a room that kind of looks like a, like a well furnished like prison room. Like you just oh, only God. see like a really well made single bed behind him. Yeah, yeah, and like I, just wall. I, 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 just, I gotta, just, just, just. I gotta wall. check in because, because this yeah. was a popular thing during the pandemic, like, um, because everybody was doing stuff on Zooms. Like, there were these Twitter accounts that was like ranking or rating like people's backgrounds. Mm. So, so we gotta, we gotta check Rosillo. But like, yo, Simmons, like you talk about, like he, he was one of the early guys to like write in a fan's voice. Sure, yeah, yeah, and and like you know, like I'm not gonna directly like tie that to like, oh, what you do and what a lot of people do, but like mm-hmm. he created that kind of segment of of yeah, media I agree. where like you you approach it as a fan and like he still approaches as a, as a fan in the same way that you do and the same way that i think a lot of people do so like i totally agree with you about the influence but i oh, totally yeah. understand a new generation of people or even people my age who even grew up listening to him who's probably tired of him at this point but i mean like, I, yeah the two of us aren't aren't those people though like he's still but you also feed. literally you can't deny like how successful he's been as uh, as as a podcast franchiser you know like of course and and like people can pick his flaws and like nobody's perfect in this game like i'm not even trying to defend the podfather right now mm. like, like we're not perfect like nobody's perfect like i feel like too like when you put out this quantity of content like you are gonna get picked apart right like oh, think course. about his catalog like his catalog of just writing oh, okay. and potting like no man, like, why, why are you talking about him like he's jay-z man no i'm pretty <laughs> Yo, I'm really this guy not putting up the rock. He's putting up the ring. Yo, I can't believe I started this pod like slandering the Celtics, and I'm ending it realizing I'm a pod father stand, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, damn, that's wild, man. It's got the Um, our pod's gonna be two episodes, two hours today, and it's gonna talk about succession at the end. Like, we're not any different. Like, no, seriously, man, call call me Big Waz. Um, all right, last thing on that one, too. Sorry, last thing on the carousel, uh, Raptors. Coaching search, uh, Doug Smith of uh, Toronto Star and of the Ye Old Mailbag mm. said that the Raptors are close to finding a new head coach, reportedly down to three finalists, and an announcement is expected. What did I slur that? Expected before the draft. When mm. is the draft, 
draft once again. The NBA draft, draft is like May, it's like June like twenty second or something like that. Let me just June twenty second. Okay. Man, I might I might be going to New York that weekend. Maybe I'll just get a credential and go to the draft. For um, no reason. Okay. Um. What are you anyways. gonna do there? <laughs> I don't know, man. See if I run into the Podfather. Got gotcha, you. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll interview a Kobe Buffkin. Um. So I'd they're expected. Yeah. They're expected to announce before the draft. So. I guess we're estimating maybe an announcement like in the next couple of weeks then, because it is, yeah, almost June. It is June in one day. So it looks so, like they're on the second round, and yes, if that is the case for this specific week, I'd probably look for next week for for a drop. Any uh, or the weekend. So if it's three finalists, any guesses? Would you like to guess? Uh. I think Jordy sure. Fernandez got to be in there. His name's yeah, been mentioned yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, of course. Jordy for sure. Um, Even Nash getting some mentions too. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just going to refuse to believe that. You're um, abstaining from that. Me as well. I think I Sergio I don't, I don't gets really a trust... second interview. Okay. But I mean, I don't, I don't even know what you're going to do. to inter- Like, you went to Italy to interview him the first time. Sergio's know, season but... is still going on, by the way. Okay. Um, sometimes I, I, I found myself at, in the course of this head coaching serve, occasionally searching up, uh, Virtus Bologna, um, scores. No, that's what I order. Rob. <laughs> oh man. It's delicious. Virtus Bologna. But like, um, by the way, one of the most historic clubs in Europe, I'm no, no disrespect to, to, to Virtus Bologna. I just don't speak I- Italian well at whatsoever. Oh, so this is, oh, this is where he's coaching right now. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, over the weekend, uh, on Sunday, um, you know they they beat Dethrona in the semifinals, no, and they so de- they dethroned Dethrona. It, it seems they have dethroned Dethrona, um, mm. and they will play. They're I guess in a playoff series, so they're going to play them twice more. It seems like. Yo, why are you giving me the breakdown of like what what is this? I, I'm just saying, like I just don't think Serie A. You know, like <laughs> it, it might be a scenario where we have to wait a little bit. They they play again today at three p.m. So if you want to tap sure. in, um, I'm sure I'm sure they can. I mean. I don't know if they're flying him here for this like second round uh, or if they're still, you know, using zoom, mm. but well, you know, I mean, they they're... actually flew to see him. Right. 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 But I'm saying it's like, so I have to assume he's sec- in the second round. If you're going to make that big, of yeah, an yeah. Investment. but if you're in the second round, maybe they can just do a zoom or maybe they fly over there again. Like they can accommodate that in his schedule. Like he mm. can interview. We've seen coaches interview like during the finals. Sure. Like, like for yeah. other jobs and stuff. So, oh, so okay. we're, l- let's put Scariolo in there. Yeah. So we got Jordy, not to be confused with uh, Jordy Villa, mm. um, but Jordy Fernandez, um, Sergio yeah. Scariolo. Mm-hmm. Who are you putting as as your third? Um, I I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. Like maybe one little of Chris Quinn. You think Chris Quinn's yeah, still in this? I I don't know. I mean, I feel like we're just speaking Chris Quinn into existence based on Heat culture. But That's we fair. might look back on this and it's like, why did we hire Chris Quinn? Because Eric Spolstra had a really good run. Like that doesn't necessarily make sense. Oh, you're backing off the Chris Quinn propaganda? No, no, no. I, I'm fully in on the, the heat propaganda. Okay. I just I, I'm okay. just saying that like it in retrospect, if we had to explain it going backwards, it would probably be like and if it doesn't work out, we'd be like, Well mm. I would you I would see love Jimmy a, Butler did all a, these great things no, and, and I, Caleb Martin hit every shot. No, I, I hear you. I would love a wild card in, in these three though. Okay. Like within Steve Nash is your wild card then. Or Steve or JJ. Yeah, I Steve suppose. Nash, because like I, I think that will really rile up the fan base because it's gonna really stress people out that Steve Nash might get the job. 
Like, I think that's a really stressful. I mean, to be fair, I can't, I can't fully judge based on what happened in Brooklyn, but also at the same time, like it just wasn't pretty, right? Like you're again, letting, I you're, think letting, you're letting your seven seconds or less bias. No, 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 right no. no my my biggest thing with that, and the reason I'm opposed to it, is just it's so hard in this league to sort of like manage players more than anything this else league. in terms of the tactics. Hashtag this league on cut, and like yeah, like these, you can't just let players walk all over you, and that that's what happened with Steve. You know, like before Joe Mazzula, like people were walking all over Steve. Like honestly, yeah. Kyrie might as well have just sat in, the, sat in the coach's chair and pulled up the, the 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 whiteboard like Al Horford did. You know? Yeah, I thought you were gonna say it was a pull up an iPad. You don't want Kyrie pulling up an iPad. Uh, yeah, that's the only thing I don't in, want him pulling any up. Any circumstance. Right? Yeah. So you're gonna have to delete all the apps mm. on on your phone Got and you. your iPad. Um. Okay. So let's go with Jordy Fernandez, Sergio Scariolo, and a mysterious third candidate. TP yeah. wild card. Yeah. Wild. I, I'd be pretty happy with, with, with any of those three, though, to be honest. And if there's even more, then who knows? But yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be exciting. It'll be good mm-hmm. content the day sure. to hire a coach. Yep. Um, all right. Time stamp this as we move on to our final segment. Look, listen, Raptors, just 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 you know, not not, not saying like rush and get it done, but like, like get, let's give us some con- you want content. We, we, we can finish. Want? Like we can finish that coaching search, you know, at, at any point now. I think we're we're kind of done with that story. Well, I think I think the other thing too is like you know the Nick Nurse thing is such a you know high profile hiring. Uh, Adrian Griffin, I guess a little bit. You've said this, but it's like the Raptors. I don't think are gonna like wow people with the name that they're gonna pick. Like they're not gonna win that press conference thing. But I think uh-huh. it'll get people excited because if they're like, oh, we're hiring Jordy Fernandez, like we're gonna get to know Jordy Fernandez. Sure. You know, see what he's like as a head coach. But it's like it's a, it's gonna be a very wait and see thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas, yeah. like, the Sixers bring in Nick Nurse, and it's like, oh, man, P.J. Tucker's career is over next year. <laughs> you know, I, I also want to see that Nick Nurse press conference. I really want to see oh, it. Oh, man, we're, we're, we're definitely going to be covering that in depth when it happens. Mm. We, we, we might got to just hit up our guy Pompey, man. Keep Pompey. Honestly, let's call Pompey. Yeah, no, we have to... We have to get him tapped in. I got to see what he uses to to record Locked On Sixers. You think he's a Zencaster guy? Um... You know, I, again, I'm not trying to disrespect Keith. Oh no, don't do it. Are we sure he's tapped in? Like, like you know, like don't technology wise. I mean, you, I don't know, man. This guy's this guy's the. Do we have to call his guy. phone, dude? Because you know, what I mean, like a lot this of podcasts. This guy's the Philly like, Podfather, USB. man. Okay, okay, then you're you know what you're good. You're you're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. My bad. We can we can call Keith, man. Let's call Keith. Let's call if Keith. we do it on the, how do we record? Let's on just the send phone him a Zoom. Like Let's send him a Zoom. Like honestly, that's the simplest thing. We can send yeah. him a Zoom. And if Keith is kind enough to join us, you know, we'll get yeah. some details on how Nick got hired. I'm sure people want to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's wait till Nick drops the presser and then we'll do a we'll do a big episode. When, yeah. When my, my bad, time. Keith. I'm sorry. I don't want to doubt your no, ag- technical I, I, technological. I don't, I don't skills, like the man. fact that you're kind of questioning You're right. The North Philly Podfather. Is he from North so, Philly too? I I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in there. Okay. All right. <laughs> Why do you want to know so much about Keith, man? I'm, I'm actually well, trying to take heat, Keith, heat off myself, really. When we get Keith, when we get Keith tapped in, we I would love to hear his backstory a little bit too. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Just yeah. just like career arc and all this stuff. Mm. No, he's an he's an interesting dude, man. He was one of my favorite guests that came through this season. Man. Oh, I know, I know. No, we're not even kidding. Like we we absolutely adored him. Our bosses loved Keith as well. So. Yeah, that's always yeah. important to us. That's absolutely important, man. Yeah, need that need that boss's approval, man. Mm. Um, all right, timestamp. Got you. Um, sports is over. Final segment as we um limp to the finish. 
the succession series finale was this weekend obviously and, spoilers ahead if yeah you spoilers have not caught ahead. Up, that's that's why we're time stamping so you can see yeah. it in the episode description yep if if you're not caught up if you haven't watched the series finale i hope like Kyrie Irving, you've deleted all the apps on your phone mm. and, and you're not looking at it. If you haven't watched it already, like I actually like how long of a social media embargo do you have to go on? Uh, so I was having this discussion and listen, I'm trying to be sensitive to everybody's situation. Sure. Um, because, you know, had had some people complain, you know, uh, about me potentially, you know, posting spoilers um, on social media. Um, first of all, I try to be very vague. Uh, but second of all, uh, I think for a series finale, it's different. Like you got to make the time to watch it if you're serious about it, because like a series finale is gonna get discussed everywhere, especially a show like this. Yeah, like a show like this, like the last show that hit like the the like mainstream like this, where everybody I felt like collectively wanted to talk about it was like Game of Thrones, mm. and like you only have these come around like once every like five years, ten years. So I think for series finale, like understanding everyone's situation is different. Like you got to try to make that happen within like the first day. Mm. And if you don't, I feel like you got to actively like try to stay off. But yeah, you know, I try to stay away from from discussing a spoiler culture because it's a very sensitive topic. No, that's fair. So, that's shout, fair. Shout out to spoiler culture. Um, I am trying to be mindful, but but yeah, spoilers ahead mm-hmm. um, right now. So if if you know, you can hop off. Um, I think uh, we've Johnson, done enough. Yeah. Johnson, you know, we're not going to be playing the basketball reference game today, so you don't need to skip to the end. You sure? Um, we're we're going to be okay. Um, shout out to Josie and Colin as well. Mm. Um, listeners, I had a chance to actually go for lunch with them in Scarborough on the weekend. Oh, nice. Where'd you guys yeah, go? It was super fun. We went to Wong's uh, Hakka. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, had some nice Hakka is, food. Is, that's not too spicy for you, bro? Uh, you know what? Uh, v actually hit me up too when I posted a photo. He's like, I didn't know you you could do Hakka. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, no. Hakka, I guess, is like my one thing that I can do that's like spicy. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't familiar right. with my own game. Um. Succession series for now. I thought I thought a, a a good way for us to do this. Sure. Is uh I'm gonna go through the characters, and we're gonna rate everyone's ending from one to ten. Oh okay okay. I oh, thought you're gonna you... do React Pod style, which we do with everything. Oh yeah yeah yeah. But no, we don't we don't do that. We don't. Need this to do is that. the this is the easiest easier sure. way. For All right. Me. All right. Fine. So I'm gonna give you a character. Uh, we're we're gonna you know each give them. So one, I guess one is the terrible ending, mm-hmm. and ten is a great ending for them. Mm-hmm. And we can discuss it. So let's start with. I mean, these are also tough, man. You know what? Let's start with our boy Kendall, man. Let's start mm. with our eldest boy, Kendall. Oh, um, I'm gonna break the rules right here, right now. His uh, he was a minus fifteen. Um, his ending, bro. This guy he had... was he was Tiger Woods at the U.S. Open in 1999. He was a minus fifteen out of ten. That's a crazy reference that I'm sure everyone gets, <laughs> but not me. No, I just randomly threw a random tournament out there. That was not a specific reference. He honestly, okay. I, I feel like okay. Give the number first, and and then let's okay. discuss. Yeah, no, What's I agree with I, I agree with negative like fifty or whatever at this point. Okay, let's um, do that. Yeah, I, I feel like for him, what's I think what's truly sad, like it makes completely complete sense that he ends up pretty much the exact same spot at the end of every season through the four seasons. Yeah, um, someone he just someone he, said he got swept like four seasons. He got swept. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> this was like a Lebronto kind of experience for him. Like, and and it, you know what? It wasn't even a Lebronto in the in the way that the Raptors had it, where like three of them were blowouts, but one of them was close. Like all no. of them came down to Lebron hitting his a life. His life was just Lebron shooting fadeaways over and over again. Yeah, yeah. And Lebron in this case was 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 Logan, who I insist is the NBA's Lebron. But hey, regardless, um, like yeah, it, I I I I think for me it's just. 
yes, he loses more and more. And yes, he loses in progressively worse ways. And he sells off literally every last shred of humanity, including at the very end where he's like, I, 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 did, I, I didn't kill that person. Which was just such a wild lie. No, the wildest was when he was when when Shiv pointed that out in the boardroom. He's like, "You can't be CEO. You killed someone." He's like, "Which one?" He didn't he say like which? Yo, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, "What?" Like that messed me up too. So but yes, very good point. I, I just think that like, if you want to say that's an arc, that's fine. But like to me, like there was no like, I don't. Obviously, Succession is a very like cynical show in the first place. Um, and I didn't really want to feel positive things about objectively terrible people, but at last, like that's obviously what you know anti-heroes are for. But like to see television like, is like eighty percent watching and like sometimes rooting for terrible people, for sure. Especially HBO, the way they they write these characters, like the, it's yeah, like basically. every year there's well not every year every five years there's a really great show involving an anti-hero, and this was the first one where I'm just like there's no positive inflection at all. In fact, they they plumb like they. They almost plunge him to the depths of the Hudson. Like I don't know if you you saw, but like um, Jeremy Strong was talking about how there's one, there's one scene that they did that they ultimately didn't put into the finale. Oh where yeah, he, he actually was, jumps he, he into the Hudson. He was trying to jump, and then like the security, I think, stopped him. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is just one more L for him in terms of just another thing he tried to do and couldn't pull off. But like, you know, it, it's just for me, it, it's just kind of felt like, all right, what was the point of all of this? You know, not to say that I needed to see him BCO or that I was cheering for him to BCO, but I was like, okay, this is like at least some sort of arc he could have went on, right? You you go on, like you get really, really down bad, try money many times at the very end, he reaches sort of his only purpose in life that he was built for, but instead he gets destroyed. And, and listen, I like it. Like thematically, I like it. You know, obviously the performance was amazing. That fight at the end was so good. Seeing him break down, even though the performance of it was was excellent, but to me, I was just kind of like, "What? What? Why do we do all this?" You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think there was like, um, I don't know if repetitiveness is like the right word, but like you were cycling through the same stuff with these characters, right? Like yeah. You even talking about like over the different seasons and stuff, and I guess this was just like the final straw because like he always wanted to be the the guy to run his dad's company mm -hmm. and the crazy thing is like if you zoom out like you know whatever like you know whatever money he's gonna get like he's probably gonna be worth billions and stuff and you but know I, he's I gonna turn that, around I, and I, he's gonna turn around and start the hundred tomorrow well first off two things number one like i saw a lot of people being like they're all winners they all got a lot of money and cashing no, no, out no, no, of this no. deal that that i don't agree with they that all had they all had money the only purpose they were doing this for was no, prestige no, no. right and then Even another thing too you know, he genuinely would have been a horrible CEO. Like, I actually completely agree with Shiv. Like, no, of course. He and like, would, we, he would have been a we, horrible CEO. Bro, you saw the way he was like presenting it, like that Living Plus thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think of oh, other yeah, examples. Living Plus. <laughs> like, Sorry, these things are so funny, man. <laughs> no, but that's that's the thing about the show. It's like the cynicism of the show is actually uh -huh. like hilarious. Yeah. Cause like, and, and it's crazy too. Like, uh, even you talk about how despicable these people are, like, you know, I feel bad for Kendall every time he goes comatose and like he just like has to walk around with that look on his face. Like, I just feel terrible for this mm. man because I'm like, I just want you to find happiness in literally anything else. Yeah. And and like, that's the damage too. like he was talking about how like his dad told him, like, since he was like seven years old, that he was going to like take over this company. Which and is a like, messed earlier... up thing to do, man. <laughs> it's so crazy. And even like early in the season when he was like, you know, agonizing over whether his name was underlined or like crossed out in 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 his will mm -hmm. and, and all this stuff. And and it's just, yeah, it's so tough, man. Like he get he gets left with nothing. But I feel like there was like no other ending for him, right? Like even during the finale when you're watching it, and it's like you know Shiv and Roman were like, yeah, 
you know, we're, we're, we're going to concede and like, let you be the CEO. And this man literally got to sit in that chair for like five minutes and then got voted out seven, six, man. That's, that's Al Horford hitting the timeout <laughs> celebration. I like, cannot believe it, man. And it wasn't that the same. Cause I can't remember now you watched season one more recently. Mm-hmm. Like this reminded me of when he was trying to rush and he was stuck in traffic to get all the votes. Bro, right? The wildest the part about season, season one is he failed twice. He genuinely <laughs> had the winning hand twice in season one. First off, he had all the votes. He just got stuck in traffic and got bullied out by Logan who like pulled off a Miami heat style, like theft you know, in a game seven style. You <laughs> no, know? that was that was Waystar culture, man. <laughs> that, honestly, Waystar culture, heat culture, similar. Um, and then at the very end, when he has a proposal for the takeover or the bear hug, whatever they're calling it, and then he like gets into that car accident, which you know, then oh, he could. So he fully right. he that's fully when, won that, twice in season that's one. When Stewie and all those guys backed out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Man. And then season two, he's just like walking around like a corpse, doing anything that his dad said. You thought he was already at rock bottom. But he actually is in at rock bottom, pulls that stunt. Which, oh, the press conference stunt. Yeah, right? which actually yeah. was a great moment. That might be the only time Kendall really won, but then failed to capitalize off of any of that momentum, had that whole press team around him. And that was also his trial run as CEO was just like, he had nothing. Like, he never let anybody in his team work. He never let anybody present any ideas. And, and you know, obviously being a CEO, like, you you, you got to be able to be coll- collaborative with people. Um, or at oh, least yeah? what, what find you, ways what you to know, make what deals. What you know about CEO life, man? Not nothing aside from watching Succession. But like you know, like it, it was kind of sad. And then even this one, he just failed to make deals with people. Like, what was his deal with Roman, or what was his deal with shit? Like, I can even understand like what he offered Stewie for for Stewie to say yes. And there's other guys in that in that team or the board of directors that was gonna vote like to keep the 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 thing in the company. But like fundamentally, if you're going to that scenario. You have to offer each person something that they truly want. And what did he offer Roman other than just like literally physically abusing him? Like some of those scenes involving like him cutting open his, his, his literally cutting open his wounds. When he hugged him and he was gouging him. And then he was trying to gouge his eyes out too. I thought that was more like a childish thing or the second thing. But but like he didn't offer Shiv anything. He was just kind of like, come on, you can't be the president. I have to be president. Kendall and Roman literally phased her out like earlier in the season. Last yeah, episode, he was like, "Oh yeah, Roy boys versus Shiv, the Shiv." No, like, you just I think about you think about even in this episode, like they weren't even working together. Uh, you know when they all got together at their mom's vacation place, yeah. And until Greg be, tried to be Woj, and and drop drop the bomb mm. uh, about Shiv, you know, not being the CEO. Also, what and did this... you think about the fact that this whole turning point, one of the twists? was just Greg pulling out his phone in like very much right in front of them, pulling out Google Translate, which was just wild to me. Like, yeah. how did okay, this whole Greg... plot centered around no one saw his phone live? Greg, Greg I'm going to give, you know, if, if Kendall's minus 15, I'm going to give Greg like a three out of 10, maybe even higher because he stays at the company. He like has a huge blunder, but he still just gets to continue working with Tom. And I think he makes it out of it. Okay. They also revealed he was making 200K. And yeah. you know, he might have to take a pay cut. But um I thought Greg made it out okay. Is two hundred K even a lot for, for, for that kind of uh, business? I definitely in, in don't think so. I definitely don't think like, so. Like I'm not trying to but, put down two hundred K, but like in that lifestyle. But if you, th- but if you think about like like he, his he making own... a two way deal right now, man. No, if you think about his story though, right? Like he started out as like a nobody cousin, like mascot. Yeah, yeah. And like I don't, he never like accumulated any power like you know throughout the four seasons but like he was like associated with all these people 
yeah. like comparative to other people i feel like what he wants like he makes it out okay i mean he just wants to be like rich more than anything else i don't think yeah. he really has any morals or even has yeah, any cause, like because joseph ewan ewan like gave all his money away to like greenpeace or something bro him suing greenpeace is one of the funniest <laughs> plots too Yo, it's one of like the hundred funniest things on here, man. The yeah. show is so funny, man. The only thing, Greg, I mean, yeah, I, so I'm giving I suppose, Greg a three. I don't know about you. I suppose Greg wins because I don't, I, I don't see him employed in any other context. Um, Plus, he's not down bad. Like, he's he's not that as down bad as everyone else. Well, I mean, I don't know, man. It, it was uh, Matson also hates him, so can't see him lasting that long, no matter how much quote unquote political capital. No, Tom but Greg's has. the type that you can like keep around. Like in the same way that like Madsen yeah. can keep Tom around, Tom knows that he can keep Greg around. No, that's fair. That's fair. And just like move him around. Madsen, Madsen, I would give like a, a Madsen, I would actually give like a seven. Yeah. Just because I feel like it seemed like there were a lot of things that were set up for like his downfall mm-hmm. and he ended up skating, skating through it, man. I genuinely, honestly, out of all the characters, I hate Madsen the most. <laughs> but, but I guess that means that he did a good job though. Also, every other word he said was Ebba. And I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, the Eva stuff was crazy with the blood. Um, you know, him juicing the numbers with like the two Indias. Like he's he's skirted by all of that. Bro, saying two Indias is wild, man. India has like 1.6 <laughs> billion people. <laughs> this guy just like, let me bump up the world population by 15%. No but, <laughs> no, but I thought like after Logan left too, like like Matson really filled that void though. I'm trying to think of the NBA comp when like a big free agent leaves and the other guy comes in mm. and, and like does a good job. But I feel like that's what Matson did for the show. Yeah. Like, he okay. was like a good villain. Like yeah. he was a good villain because like Logan was a huge boy. So I'm giving Matson a seven. All right, let's go to Shiv, man. I'm giving Shiv a minus fifty. <laughs> I don't even think Shiv is a winner in all this. I think yeah, some that's people... why she's a minus fifty. Like I, I think part of me, I'm like, all right, look. I obviously I'm coming at this as, as from the the male perspective. Like I'm not really going to fully understand all the experiences that Shiv goes through, especially mm-hmm. in this season as a pregnant mom, um, to be and. You know the the way that her mom brought her up and all that other and just operating in a very male world. Like I genuinely uh, the mom, really the can't... mom is so toxic too, man. Oh, I kind of forgot. Shouts to Caroline, man. The only thing I she kind of forgot. Yeah. By the way, why was who was that random guy who came in with the pitch at the end there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me pull was, my notes. Hold on. It was it was like her husband's like friend. Yeah. Why did he trying... make it into the finale, man? They were just trying to show oh, Jonathan. That, like... Yeah, they were yeah. just they were just trying to show like um that that new husband Peter, it, it's just like everyone else. Like he married Caroline, and like he's trying to like snake and get. Why is that an important plot piece? I have not thought one time about her new husband or <laughs> no, her new husband's you friend. Call, you calling him Jonathan Williams? Bro, man. that's actually Jonathan Williams <laughs> losing in a fifty point blowout in game eighty two for the for the Portland Trailblazers to secure the number three pick that they might flip to Toronto. Yeah. Um, no, but like it's yeah no Shiv Shiv obviously like you know big turning point like you know flipping the vote, and it was just so sad to see her her and Tom together at the end, mm-hmm. and I think Shiv like Shiv said man I've said man she's Shiv Harden right like she I feel like every season she goes in at one point you feel like she has a three one lead yeah and even at the start of this finale like you know she she was pretty excited doing all this dirty work for Matson getting all the votes, and you just knew it was gonna not end well for well, her. I think for a lot of people were like, well, you know, now she gets to be the wife of she, the CEO of, of she of gets to be what she doesn't want. Like she wanted to be somebody in this male dominant space where she didn't need to like attach herself to somebody, right? Yeah. So like, in that she sense, wanted it, to be someone that was independent. It's a super cynical ending, um, the way I sort of interpreted it. And mm-hmm. I, I think that also like it's made very clear that Tom is just a yes man. So there's no power actually for Shiv. 
being adjacent to Tom. Like, I'm not yeah. saying that the, the CEO has zero power, but like very little. No, he's, he's in, just in the way Matson clearly is a control. No, freak. he's just Matson's puppet, and and suddenly like. So what is the power that she's even aligning herself? With? No, but that's what I'm saying. She's a minus fifty. Like she she ends up having to be what she doesn't want to be, which is just like a powerless wife to a powerless CEO, and you know she she just doesn't have her own path, and she's the only one that's still stuck in uh stuck with Waystar. Or Gojo now, whatever the name that they're calling. I, it. I feel like honestly, weirdly enough, like I I don't know if Madsen was absolutely serious when he pitched Tom and he was like, I mean, sorry to be graphic, but that's what the show said. But like he pitched Tom on essentially sleeping with Shiv, right? And Tom's like, absolutely, go ahead, sir. No, like, but that was a test, right? And that was a test to see like the. But was that a test? Like... Or was he actually serious? Because he's actually I... serious, and maybe Shiv has a little bit more power just aligning with Batson. Uh, but I, think, I don't even I think, know, man. I think that was just to see like the depths of which like Tom would be willing to go. I hope so, but Batson also kind of yeah. comes across as like dead serious about everything. Oh, Batson is a, is a wild card, man. This guy wore Kyrie's. I, I, bro, I hate that guy, oh. man. He did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this that's, a, that's, a little, that's a great. Yeah, he details, showed up man. in Kyrie's uh, during that. Remember the party the night before the election? Yeah, when they yeah, were yeah. they were at Tom's place. Yeah, yeah. yeah that sounds <laughs> no, about right. Shouts to the stylist, man. So I'm giving Shiv a minus fifty. Tom, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give his ending like an eight out of ten. You know, I feel like Mike gotta even just give him the ten, man. Because like I, I'm not sure how happy he's gonna be, but like this is this is what oh. he wanted, man. He First got off, what he wanted. He got what he wanted. Um, he is now seems to be the only heir to the Roy family. Yeah, like he, he's, go, he's, a, gonna have, he's gonna have. He's gonna have to. I'm giving him a ten. He's Even got the though job, he's gonna like, be miserable. Yeah, he he also played it really well, especially from the position that he was at. Remember at the start of the season, maybe at the end of season three, or maybe the start of season four. Or actually, no, it was after Logan passed, so definitely season four, where Frank or was it, was it Frank or the other guy, Carl? I might have been. Yeah, Carl. Frank and Carl. I always get them mixed up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like how people get us mixed up. Honestly, because <laughs> like, they look different. <laughs> They they look different, but they serve similar roles. No, they you know operate I mean? the same. They really operate. They're like two undrafted Heat players who just run around. Yeah, yeah. So you know, Carl is just like, you know, your your wife hates you, and the man you're sucking up to is now dead, and you know you're superfluous at your job. Like you know, you're 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 completely screwed. And for him to end up on top, like that, that's the best possible ending for Tom. Plus, yeah, Shiv sure. stays with him because Shiv could also just left him, but she didn't. Yeah, but so, they're like they're like so broken. Like I feel like they had a toxic scene with each other in like each of the last like four episodes. Oh, th their scenes together are so good. Like I actually think they had the best chemistry out of everybody in the entire show. No, and Tom's like story arc and like I'm sure like at some point, maybe like next couple of weeks, I'm gonna rewatch the whole series. Like Tom's story arc is like one of the best for this show. Like you talk about like you talk about like Kendall always cycling through the same things and some of mm. these characters. Like Tom actually had like a story arc where he progressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like really changed and grew as like a character. You hear about this crazy baseball name theory? Yeah, that's been going around. That's kind of lame. The fact that yeah. he, it even came kind of came true is kind of lame to me. But... <laughs> yeah, there's a so for people that don't know, there's like a baseball player named Bill Wham's Games, and he, first off, he, how is that a name? Wham's yeah, Games is wild, man. He and he was uh, this player was best remembered for for making a unassisted triple play in in uh in the world series i think in, Bro, like, the people 1920s. talk about the world they're talking about the world series it was the world wars happening at that time man i'm not trying to <laughs> hear about the world like... series man the world and series they... is being played in europe man. Yo, we literally have prohibition man people could even drink beer um but like 
like apparently like i guess the unassisted triple play yeah, to, yeah, like, yeah. him taking out the three siblings i don't I, it's a cool I easter egg but it, it's less cool know. that it was discovered i feel like this is very like nick nurse had his press conference in philly type yeah i don't know no but I also know. i i don't know tom is also just such a deplorable character to me man i mean like oh, but it, they all are though no but he's so one note i mean i feel like it's for, for he wasn't born into this right he chose to do all of this yeah you know no, what he mean? was like, a, he was the epitome of just like like he just wanted power yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, that's, like that's literally like the one path that he, like that's all he wanted. Just like I, I genuinely don't blame Kendall. I don't blame Roman. I don't blame Shiv based off their up, up, like upbringing. Like they were destined mm-hmm. to be in this, and they were born into the game. Like Tom chose to play the game, and then also sold every single moral he had, which he, I don't even think he displayed any throughout the course of the four seasons, and actually ended up winning. Like that's probably the most cynical part of all of this. Um, yeah, um, I'm gonna give Roman uh, like an eight. I feel like okay. I feel like if you compare him to like Kendall and Shiv, if you just look at the three siblings, and I guess shouts to Connor too. We never include Connor as a sibling, but like, I mean the um, show doesn't. Yeah, but like I think Roman got out of this pretty fine. Like you know he's not down bad like Kendall. Mm-hmm. He's not in like a terrible position like Shiv. Like I don't I don't know what Roman's gonna do like you know next day. Or like rest of his career, but like I feel like he gets to wash his hands of this, and he's just chilling now. He's just gonna go, you know. Hopefully, he goes to therapy once again. Person most, uh, most needing therapy on the show. I mean, everybody really. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna put Roman at the top, man. Um, I don't know. Kendall, Kendall might need it too. Uh, I don't think Kendall can be saved at this point. You're right. You're right. You're right. He literally yeah. had one purpose in life, and and it was just taken away from him. Yeah. And honestly, I'm sure for the most frustrating thing for him probably is just like for what reason did Shiv do this to me? <laughs> you know yeah um, shift just shifts no but shift said it shift was just like you're you're not capable of this no she really said you was not him and then left <laughs> no she really did man. and it was true he was not him but <laughs> this he, guy went back and then kendall walked back into the boardroom and either frank or carl sorry for the mix-up again was like i think it was frank it was frank he was frank like, was like this is, he's like this is over bro <laughs> the funny thing with frank is he is kind of ruthless and he will, you know, cut his way. And obviously he voted, uh, you know, the company to go away from the family, but he mm-hmm. was kind of like, son, it, it it's over. <laughs> like he, he did yeah. take on like a, like a, you know, Godfather kind of role to them. Not, not in terms of the Godfather. I mean like Godfather in, in the traditional family sense, but yeah. um, yeah, I mean, for Roman, like I got, I, honestly, I, I hear the eight, but I'm going to say a negative 50 as well, man. He <laughs> really? I don't, I, but I don't come out of it feeling like he's that as down bad. I feel like he's going to, cause like he didn't have that one thing that he really wanted within this company though. So I think like, the, the, he's, the, he's not walking around like Kendall today. This, no, he's not. But at the same time, so I, I see the positive inflection in the sense that like, he now gets to escape this whole trauma and, and just gets to be free and live his life with he $2 least billion. Cared. He least cared about this, like of the three siblings. But I think he wants the care and love of his family. You know, and maybe even more so than Kendall for sure. No, but more that's so the thing. than Shiv for sure. He needs to be loved, but he's he can find that somewhere else. Whereas Kendall's never going to get the one thing that he wants. I, I, I honestly don't think so for, for Roman, weirdly enough. Like, I, I don't see him forming any healthy relationships throughout the whole thing. He's... It's his, I mean, the the sad part is his relationship to Logan and sort of that sort of abusive parental relationship, like completely got transferred to Kendall, um, and to see Kendall like abuse him twice in 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 that last episode, um, after also verbally abusing him in, in the previous episode in the funeral episode, it's just like, 
I don't know. I, I just feel for Roman, like what he really wants is affection from that father figure, whether that was Logan before and now Kendall. And he, he got neither of those. In fact, he literally got physically abused by him in front of everybody. And those, those, those rooms are transparent. Um, no, for sure. Yeah, so the, for no, me, I'm right, just kind of like, he, it's, he, it's still a minus 50. Maybe it's like a little bit higher than Shiv and, and Kendall. But to me, he's he's a huge loser. I can't just say he cashed out and he smiles because he's drinking martinis because that's what Jerry likes. Like, doesn't get Jerry at all either. No, I'm I'm a like. What did he actually get out of all this? He already he's, was rich, and he already to, had problems. He just got to get out of this, the man. problem. No, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stay positive and think that Roman can turn his life around. No, no I'm sorry, so, man. It's very so, clear to so, me that all the ways. No, 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 are no, no. I'm, I'm holding out hope for for one of these. Okay, one of these kids. Um, Connor and Willa. Willa, Willa gets like a, she gets like a ten out of ten, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she really came out a winner in this series, to be honest. Like, like she had a huge glow up, and I just really enjoy Connor and Willa together. Sure. I feel like I feel like they really grew, even though Willa's always just trying to run away from Connor. Well, I mean, now she's gonna get it because Connor's going to go to Slovakia. Oh yeah, for but that's, a large that's part only of his life. that's only if Menken wins though, and if we don't I know mean, if Menken. Honestly, win. the way how cynical this show is, he's probably gonna win. That's the thing um, about the show too is like I, I do feel like they ended at the right time, but yeah, yeah. like there's so much on the table. Like I just I'm I'm dying to know where these characters are in like a week, two weeks, like a year. You know? Yeah, that's like fair. it's crazy to me. And some 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 shows I don't think that. Would you watch and... Succession the movie? Like if they did yeah, a, like a yeah yeah like, yeah yeah. Like I would watch epilogue? a spinoff. Like I would I would just like I just want to know where these characters are gonna do next. But like I do feel like if they kept doing the series. Like you mentioned, some of the stuff would have gone would would have gone repetitive, mm. but you also don't know, man. I don't know. I think there's a benefit of going out early. No, like you said fair. you were doing the Jordan comparison, like like you know, no Washington Wizards years. Yeah. So, so this, but this I is kind of like if Jordan got blocked by um whoever it was that he pushed Brian Russell. Yeah, if Brian Russell blocked him at the end, and he yeah. pulled out a shift jersey, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> no, but it's it's also really funny too because it's like there's obviously lots of Shakespearean comparisons, um, sure, and some of them are quite on the nose. Um, there's also um, the Godfather comparisons, and you yeah. even saw like the the Michael Fredo relationship pretty clearly mirrored with uh, Kendo and and Roman, um, and the fact that they even gave tribute to to that in the finale with that sort of hug where he hurts Fredo. In the same way that Michael literally hugs Fredo before he sends him off to to to, I'm pretty sure he dies, right? Like he sends him off to die, mm-hmm. right? Is that that same pain hug? Like it was like, wow, that's that's really good writing and and, and really cool way to pay. No, I think I think homage. this is a great this is a great thing about um a show like Succession is like the rewatchability mm-hmm. is like ten out of ten. Yeah, like like I'm super excited to to actually just go back, but like as a finale, I thought like. Like I don't know if it's like a crazy memorable series finale, and maybe it just didn't need to be. Like it was a very solid like succession episode. Well, the one question I think, I think one thing that's good with the finale is it leaves you with a huge question, mm-hmm. and I think succession does leave you with a, a few of those. Um, I think most importantly, like if if you and I were going to the office, quote unquote, and and we were talking with people at the water cooler, which is apparently the only place people talk in in, in these workplaces. It sounds kind of demonic to, to to be honest, but yeah. Do we have a water cooler? At all? Oh yeah, we do. Have we actually have lots of water coolers all over the place. Yeah, but I have never cool. talked to anyone other than you at the water cooler. Yeah, and in the office, which goes against the whole idea of water cooler talk. That that's fair. That's fair. Um, but like mm. the the question I think a lot of people be asking is like, why did she do it? Like, what was her motivation at the end? Of I it think for saying I think no? she just I think she just realized 
Cause like they had made the decision like the night before when they were at their mom's vacation home. Yeah. But like she backed out and I think she just realized like she looked at Kendall and it was just like, no, like we can't have him run this company. Like, like the lesser of, of two evils is like making the, the choice to just flip and be with Tom and, 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 you know, probably break this relationship with the siblings. Although like, but when always... did she come to that realization though? Cause I feel like in, um, in terms of I think there's that two change points of heart, we up. need to was... see that. It exposition was, right i think it was very subtle it was when it was when kendall sat down in the main chair and like put his feet up yeah okay um they cut to shiv and like she did like a double take yeah and then i think you could i think they cut to her too during the boardroom when like kendall started talking at the beginning and he just dismissed all the cases which by the way he could have brought up yeah. legitimate cases in terms of like but this Gojo's is, numbers but this is kendall fake. though man like he's just like such an empty like shell of yeah. a dude right yeah like this man listens to take over like on his way to the office, but it's like, mm. you know, he, he goes in the boardroom. Like when have you ever seen him command a boardroom? Every time he stepped in a boardroom, he's taking the biggest L of his life. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, honestly, in retrospect, thinking about it now and talking about it, like maybe I'm going to bump up Kendall's score from like minus 50 to like minus 30. Cause okay, I feel like, okay. was this not the happiest he possibly could have been? Like, yes, he's de- down so bad and devastated but the problem, at the end. But the problem is like, he's but he got to live the fantasy end. for a day. And like he got but to that, sit in that chair, he that's got even that worse, scene. Though, I, he, maybe, but maybe not, because I think maybe he'll realize that, like, yeah, actually, I have none of these skills, and hopefully, I, don't I need think, to rebuild. I don't think he's self-aware enough. No, you're right, absolutely. That. that is one of the key traits for Kendall. But maybe this thing is so shocking for him that it changes him fundamentally. But I but think that's like, a, you're right, though. That's a great thing about the finale, like this. It's like we're just gonna have to write our own endings for these people because we don't well, know what, what happens next because the night before like he the whole celebration which i thought was obviously awesome all the scenes of all the three siblings is really cute but i thought this one in particular the them f- swimming up to the floaty where where kendall was sleep was was there and they were like okay we're gonna give you the crown and you saw how happy he was like the way <laughs> yeah but even when he was happy he looked like a clown man He's well, so he definitely funny. was a clown i mean at that to the point where like they made him that smoothie which by the way i i, I, tr- I wrote down some of the ingredients because obviously you know, this is, uh, I suppose, what's in a rich person's fridge. Um, so they put in pickles, 0% mm. milk, uh, eggs, Tabasco mm. sauce, a lot of it, ranch sauce, um, Peter's cheese, which shout out to Peter's cheese, man. That was actually the only time that we saw um, Roman get any action in this whole series for a guy who oh literally God, talks man. about, you know, intercourse no, like Ro- every other Ro- word. Roman might be Joe Cheese, man. He Joe Bro, Bob alone. The what he did to Joe Mazzula was not right, man. <laughs> and then Shiv, what? Why did Shiv do that? That's honestly so gross. Like I get it, I, I I totally get it. You know, this is like a rite of passage, and it's like initiation. And you know, you you but you've already put him through all this horror of doing all those ingredients. She literally hands the thing to him and spits in it. Oh and, yeah, but this I, this is just showing them like being like stupid kids. But that's not even like, stupid kids. That's like sicko behavior. Like I honestly, I don't. If you're, but they all. I mean, they if all. I saw my in... three kids and one of them, you know, as a prank, spat in a drink intentionally and looked them dead in the eye doing it. I would they, step they in as a parent. They all grew up messed up, man. And that's super messed, messed up, up, bro. Because Roman didn't do any of that stuff. Roman wasn't like, here, let me, you know, pee in this in this smoothie. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, so, no, but but, but that, anyway, Kendall at least got to like wear the crown for a day. Like, no, you know, but that's it. Diff- feels like when, when Marlo wore it. Remember when Marlo got you know booked at the end of season five of The Wire, 
And he was is, like, is, you know is, what? Is he when he put on a suit and tasted blood? Well, he was like, the the point is, I I I at least wore the crown. I, I, Kendall technically wore the crown for a he wore for the like, crown for like day. ten minutes, man. Yeah, technically in the office. Is like, that not more of a in... win than what Roman got? I, I don't think Roman got anything. But I don't think Roman really cared, man. I Roman about... just got issues. He got to sort out like outside of work. All of them do that, but like I think for him, like obviously the boardroom is not a successful way to for him to reach his family, but at least it's one way for him to interact with his family. I don't feel like he's going to interact with his family anymore. No, the the only boardroom Kendall ever work walking in is the one with Katie and Rich Kleiman, man. Oh man, like, that's really the only boardroom deep cut. Um, let's see what else, man. Hugo Carol Carolina beef. This was the uh, this was the Spencer Dimwitty Kyle Kuzma beef. Oh yeah, of succession, bro. Role players beefing. I don't want to hear it, man. <laughs> no, you no. have no say over the game. Yeah, but but shows to Carolina. You no say um, Kikuchi, man. <laughs> that's wild, man. I like that one. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I got no I got no ratings for these people. Like Frank and Carl, uh, I guess they're gonna make out. They're gonna make it make it out of it pretty okay. I mean, because. Um, they they're getting the golden parachute and then, the, and then the Jerry is, stays they're on. Old. Right? They're old, so they're like they're they're either retiring really rich or they're staying on in the company and still winning. So like yeah. there was there was a win win for all those no, guys. I lo- I'd love to see Frank and Carl in the nineties, man. I know they were different. Oh man, that might be the spinoff. <laughs> Yo, there's so many spinoff opportunities too, man. But who's who's I, the I, who's I, the guy that said like, woof woof? I don't keep forgetting his that's name. Hugo. That's Hugo. Hugo, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hugo's a huge L on this one too. Yeah, because he I think he got yeah tom took over and then i think he got let go well his conversation with tom was hilarious he's like you know like i would love to you know be useful to this company tom's just kind of like look not even looking him in the eye just like mm. looking off because you know like that was tom in a previous life yeah no tom I, I i like i like seeing tom's like you know ceo swagger there at the end like like he definitely got a bit of a swag yeah which which felt kind of unnatural for him i'm not gonna lie that, that was, part felt but... kind of really contrived but it was kind of crazy to see the character again, like go from where you started to to this. But do you look at him like, oh, he, Tom's got steez? Like, no, nah, man, he's still <laughs> no. Tom definitely doesn't have steez. He's still yeah. He's still but, Greg. He's still Greg Steen's mother to me. Because this man literally stammers in every conversation he has with anybody above him on the org chart. The funniest thing was is any when anyone of power asked him like, hey, like, what can you offer me? He's just like, oh, 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 oh what, 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 what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, like no, he's he's a legendary character. Just want to slap on, him, man. I think on rewatch, like he's he's gonna he's gonna be a character that's like super cool to just like watch him through the four seasons. But um, yeah, I don't know if you got any other notes, man. I'm 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 dying. Um, no, I mean I I thought it was sweet that Tom still kept Greg. You know, like yeah, it but just, they've, they've it's, got like a talk. They've got like a toxic friendship. Well, too. the funniest thing was they actually vocalized the comparison that they were going, or the the writer theme that they were going for in terms of the the Nero and Sporus thing. Oh, right. Remember when, right, like, right. you know, Tom literally told him the story. It's like, well, you know, Nero, you know, pushed his wife down the stairs and then took you know one of his slaves, Sporus, and made him dress up like his wife and married him when he grew grew into power. And it's like, you know, you're my Sporus, and it's like, oh. You just vocalized the theme, like you've just taken that opportunity away from like YouTubers who do this whole thing of like, actually, this is like King Lear. If you were not aware of King Lear and you did not go to Grade Nine but, and no, you didn't that's... go to Stratford, um, no, you, you might not know that the story of Succession is based on et cetera, et cetera. So that's why I respect. That's why I respect the planning of these shows too. Like, like when shows are well planned and then they know where they're going and all this stuff, and they have this stuff laid out, it just makes rewatching the show like actually valuable. 
Like there's certain shows where they just like, you know, oh, don't yeah. know what they're doing. And then you get to the end and even though it's a great show, you're like, I'm never watching this again. And and no offense, like I'm not saying that Breaking Bad was a bad show, but once I found mm-hmm. out what happened in Breaking Bad, I didn't yeah. care to I find out Breaking how Bad's it happened. A, Breaking Bad's a really good example. But then on yeah. the flip side, I don't know if you watched Better Call Saul, which is like the prequel no, I didn't. that they did after. That's a better show than Breaking Bad. Mm, okay. Um. So so I recommend that one because like I was thinking about series finales too. Like I don't know, man. This one like it's only been like twenty four hours. So like I'm, but I didn't come away with it being like in terms of like just a series finale that this was like an all timer. No, so. I I it, weirdly enough I like the funeral episode better. I I think maybe to me the reason I personally I'm not as a fan of terms of the direction that the finale took was just like I maybe as as a person. I feel like things matter and maybe I find that too many things matter and it kind of burns me, but like fundamentally I'm a person that believes things matter. And I think that like, if you were going to take succession as a show or even the finale, like the big takeaway slogan is Roman at the very end, you know, after ship has already walked out the boardroom to vote no and to, to essentially kill Kendall and Kendall's there and he's looking at Roman Roman's just like, yo, you know, we're, we're BS, right? Obviously I can't swear on the mm. podcast, but we're, we're BS, you know, all of this is BS. And that was kind of like report. the idea, yeah. right? Like this is the, the whole idea is, you know, we're Bill Simmons, you're, you know, you're Bill Simmons, I'm Bill Simmons, we're Bill Simmons. Obviously we're talking about the actual BS, like that, that is the theme of the show. And so for me, I'm just kind of like, fundamentally, I really disagree with that statement. Like I like, I, obviously like everyone knows like, everything everywhere i really like that movie right and part of the reason i really find myself liking that movie is the message at the end is sort of just like okay yes you can take this really nihilistic approach towards life or you can really flip the bagel and you're like well you give meaning to things that you choose to give meaning to and therefore it's meaningful and that's more closely aligned with what i believe in and like i just fundamentally disagree with the the way succession looks at the world and that's not to say that that's not a fairly not realistic but like you know a substantive like caricature of what modern society is especially with regards to like you know late stage capitalism or the media economy or you know all this other stuff but to me i I guess i guess i'm not that cynical person to really really love the finale the way it it came to because their ultimate conclusion was it's all bs and it's actually the kids won because they're free of this like i don't feel that i felt like i almost wasted my time not like in terms of entertainment wise because i obviously felt entertained but wasted my time in terms of not finding the message I want to find at the end of it. But of no, course that's, that's, that's no, that's fair. That's, that's, fair. that's in any art I, really. Right. No, so. but I don't, yeah, no, none of the kids came away. Like fine. Like all of them, all of them came in. I feel like at the start of the, the series as like damaged goods. And, and now they're just like even further damaged. And, and yeah, like, like nobody won. That's why all these people are getting negative, negative fifties. But like, I was thinking mm. like all time, all time series finales too. Actually, Better Call Saul had an all-time series finale. My okay. top three is actually Sopranos. I don't know if you ever watched The Leftovers and, and Better no. Call Saul. No, yeah, those are like three of my favorite shows too. And yeah. I think I think the the series finales too. Finales are hard too, man. Like the wire, the wire finale was not good. Um, like I didn't think it was. It was great. I f- am I forgetting what the wire finale was like? I mean, they 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 like. I mean, spoiler alert too on this one, but like they. They like solve like the serial killer storyline. Like it ends up getting like washed away, right. and then they flash forward to like everybody. Like what what happens to everybody a little bit? Yeah, and like, I think that's one of the things that sucks with finales in a way. When you especially when you have these like long dramas and you need to have an ending for every character. Like when you stuff all the endings into the last episode, it makes it a little bit difficult to sort of like 
carry it out as a narrative. And I thought that's where Succession did a great job of it. They actually did either essentially tell you what the ending is for every single character that mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like I just like Succession because like there was, I think they plotted out a really good four season story for sure. And I think the characters were very consistent. Like obviously characters changed over time, mm-hmm. but like they, they everyone's endings and like where everyone's story went, they all it all made sense. Like it was just very well plotted out. Yeah, that's fair. Like, through the four seasons, absolutely. Um, what else was like Mad Men? I was thinking about like honestly, Mad Men to me had like an iconic like final scene. Mm-hmm. But I remember it was such a drag, like when he like went on this like retreat or whatever, and like all this it was stuff. super random, like like it was yeah, it was such a drag, but like it was iconic the way they closed it. So but I'll again, even even scene. Mad Men, right? Whether you want to say the ending cynical in the sense that like at at the, he comes to the end of his the world, um, in terms of literally driving from New York to California and hitting just water in the ocean, and he's literally by the ocean at the end, and he's saying that like okay, his his grand epiphany is 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 an ad rather than an actualization of what is Yo, meaningful that's so in life. I- to me, that's so iconic. Right? Yeah. But, like, even that, at least he had some sort of upward swing or, like, sort of ending or sort of, like, you know, salvation. Like, the fact that, like, Kendall, who is, you know, essentially the... Well, I wouldn't say he's exactly um, Don Draper, but, you know, essentially the, the the main protagonist, the anti-hero, whatever. Like the fact that he ends up with literally nothing, like you can't even speculate whether that's 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 it's a it's a no, positive but that's, or a negative. But that's a level of cynicism. It's like Succession was a show about terrible people getting all terrible endings. Like like you watch some of these other shows, like certain people, like even terrible people get like some redemption sure. and stuff, right? But I mean, I suppose it depends if if the audience enjoys watching them explode individually. And yeah. if you really no, do I, enjoy I that, then yeah. then it, and so did I. Like obviously, entertainment wise, this, this is phenomenal. I want to say it wasn't this bad at all, but like if you even marginally rooted for them at all, you literally got nothing, and they were kind of just like, "Here you go, you will have nothing, and you are gonna enjoy having nothing." Which to me, I'm just kind of like, like I'm not, I don't, I don't need a happy ending, but I, I, I need some sort of purpose. I need things to matter, and. I just didn't think that like any like literally the 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 tagline for this season is what Roman says to Kendall at the end where we're we're BS. Yeah. No. And that, they are, they really are, they like... absolutely are BS, which is the, the thing that's absolutely true. No, like, they all suck at what they do. Sure. Like they're all incompetent. Yeah. Also like, the acting know. and stuff, man, the acting and stuff was really well done, man. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be the next fight because they are they all submit it like for the same category in the Emmys and stuff. No, nah, you tell me they're gonna have succession. I think I think Logan and Kendall Themselves? are like fighting for the same spot, actually. Logan, bro, Logan, Logan cannot win it. I'm sorry, bro. You Why? can't just say, what does he say other than F off? So? This, but Logan's this, such a presence, The man. way he spams F off is the same way that the Boston Celtics spam threes, man. Like, get, get out of here. Yeah, well, they both died early. That's what happened. No, that's like, fair. That's fair. Like, that's what happened. All right, that was, that was, our, that was our succession... Series finale thoughts. Send yeah. us your thoughts, man. Email me info at stevenlebron.com if you want. We're we're spamming for more content. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, let us know. What is your interpretation of why shifted at the end? Help help us with your just give us your thoughts, man. Give yeah. us your three stars. Give us your Gerald Anderson. Mm. Oh, we we need three stars thoughts. on the show, man. On on the whole series. Three stars on the whole series? Okay. Um I gotta give Kendall the number one star, man. Like he's the number one boy. Yeah, he's the number one boy. Yeah, three, uh, three, three boys. <laughs> no, three I, number one after, boy. After yep. that is tough. 
After that, it's tough. You make the call. I think Logan's number two. Like, oh, he just, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't in know terms why of I storytelling, Logan. he just yeah, drives so much of the storytelling. I don't want to disrespect Logan like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Number three, I might give it to Tom, to be honest. Yeah, I can see it. I, I was going to give Tom Gerald Henderson. But, Gerald uh, Henderson, I was going to give Matson actually. Oh, God. I I know you I, hate him, but it's like... That's a really good acting job. The, fa- no, the but fact that's what that I'm like, saying. in a show of all deplorable people, I hate him the most. Yeah, is... he was like the absolute worst. Yeah. But he like slid right into like kind of the quote-unquote like big villain guy role. Like right after Logan died. Yeah. Also, why why was Adrian Broner in this series oh, randomly? Yeah, wearing nine vests in that one one scene. I, I just don't get it. Like, oh, it was Adrian Brody, right? Brody, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I, what did I say? Broner? Uh, I think is that's Broner a, a UFC fighter? I think it was I a fighter, yeah. My bad, yeah. my bad, my bad. Oh, God. But like, what what was he there for? Because I don't know. He's it's just, just a random cameo? It like, was probably okay. one of those where he's like, yo, I want to be on the show. And, I mean, fair enough. Like, like, <clears throat> oh, you know, who did we don't even talk about, man? They actually hinted at Lawrence Yee. Um, you know, happy AAPI month. Mm. Um, from Walter potentially being the CEO in the finale, I, but he never made it back on screen. That was the Asian from the first uh, episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was tough. That was tough. Um, he was sh- floated as CEO. Yeah, shouts, shouts to Yi. That that he he literally took a he took more L's than Yi Zhangliang, man. <laughs> I was just gonna say, man, his career on Succession was shorter than Yi's career in the NBA. No, legit, man. Um, yo, we should do basketball reference before Succession. It's like, yo, he started at Walter, <laughs> <laughs> and then he went to the hundred. Oh man! And then oh, by the way, the hundred got ATN. brought up in the finale. I, I was so happy when that happened. Oh, because remember, Shiv was like at the start of the episode, classic Shiv fashion. Is like, I got all the votes, right? I got all the votes. And so, Kendall, you might as well vote for me too. It'll look like a clean sweep for me as a new CEO. And guess what? Maybe in return, I'll give you some IP. Maybe you you love the hundred. And I was like, I'm so happy the hundred got brought back, man. <laughs> Yo, the hundred was a genius idea, man. The hunt and is even, even such all the, a good even all the magazine profiles so many things. Yep. and and like the newspaper clippings that they did when like the New York Times like broke down what happened on election night mm-hmm. and then and then in the finale they had that like magazine profile of of like Shiv and Matson yeah. like they put so much detail into like just those small things yeah and even the because um, what Matson is supposed to be like a lot of you know um rich people I suppose rich tech people tycoons and it's like but most most closely like elon for example right he's supposed mm. to be the guy and even the way Matson like fake laughs at it and he's like oh this is funny i i don't mind the cartoon it's very funny right and, and him yeah. knowing Meanwhile, that it's funny so but hurt. also being hurt it's perfect to, to elon the fact that Elon even bought twitter is the funniest thing too because yeah no it's great man all right those so. those are our succession thoughts man yeah it's pretty um, good man here's another another two-hour episode for you here's another hit barry bonds Ooh, yeah. um, yeah. So, all right, this is the real after hours now. Before we wrap up, um, yeah. So I'm off next two days. Uh, all right, just wrap up. We'll talk about. This I, 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 I'm pretty sure. Like, let's okay. let's talk. Let's talk about this off air. No, realistically, hear this. I, I would say if Adam is confirmed, Thorpe mm. is more fifty fifty. He might yeah, literally have to go train NBA players, and if mm. that session falls through, then I'm sure, I'm I'm sure you can come up with a backup plan he's either going to train NBA players or talk to me on a podcast. So this yeah. is actually kind of hilarious. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, you can have a backup guest lined up. Yeah. You. Oh, Oh, okay. I was hoping sorry, to sorry, sorry. third. No, no um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I'll, I'll call somebody. Anyways, I'll call somebody. let's wrap up. Um, yeah. you know, do, do your little, do your little, uh, seven second outro. You, you don't want one basketball reference player enough. 
Oh, do you have one? Okay, let's do it, man. No, you're sick. <laughs> this guy changed this whole flow. <laughs> let's do it. Suddenly, my voice perked up. All right, all right. All right. So I got. I'm, pull, I'm I not got... pulling. I'm not pulling up no players for you though. No, that's fair. Honestly, I think people want to see you play this game. Okay. They want to see me because yeah. Someone called me. Your... Someone called me a savant. Honestly, it, it's it's pretty close. It's not that crazy. It's not that. It, crazy. It's it's pretty crazy, man. Okay, you're you're very go. good at this game. Let's all go. right. In, in honor of the Miami Heat, I'm going to give you a player who played for the Miami Heat. All right. Can we just one time? Can I walk into this bar without a stupid theme? Oh, <laughs> like okay. I just want to play, no. man. <laughs> no, no, no. All right. So this player, undrafted in the league, mm. but enters Miami. Classic undrafted location, right? 1999 mm. plays in Miami. 1999 to 2003. Mm. Then plays one year in San Antonio. And this is one of those, like, he played five games there. Mm. Okay, so I would even forget the San Antonio. 04 to 06, played in Minnesota. Mm. 06 to 2011, played in Denver. Then Mm. played half a season in New York. And then finished his career in Toronto, 2012. But Sean Leonard? No. (laughs) Way off! (laughs) <laughs> damn you call me way off p right now sorry bro okay i need the um i need the year that he was in toronto all right fine it's 2011 2012 he was in toronto 2011 2012 yeah how long was he in new york for 2011 new york he was in, in there for 2011 played 19 games there Played 19 games, but he was yeah. in denver for five years was in denver for five years and was in miami to start his career which um which team do you most associate him with? Denver? Probably Denver, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cause he was on some of those like mellow teams, the, the mellow AI team, he was on that team. Yeah. Okay, hold on. So Denver. If he went to New York, then we would have gone in that mellow trade, probably. Man, I gotta think of that. Probably he did, actually. Yeah, that's a good call. No, I gotta think about that melody. Also, don't forget he had two random years in Minnesota from 2004 to 06, which I think is like KG years. So he goes to New York in that trade. So he must be like a scrub because he's undrafted. (laughs) Okay, I wouldn't call him a scrub, but he he did. He did definitely not a star. Career average 4.8 points. Okay, he got um, I'm not going to give you any other stats, but yeah, 4.8 points. He's a throw-in in that trade. So Gallo went in that trade. Felton went in that trade. Wilson mm. Chandler went in that trade. This would have been a throw-in, dude, man. So Gallo, Felton, Chandler. He goes to New York, and he only plays 19, so he wraps up the season there. Mm-hmm. And then he signs with Toronto. Yeah. Mm. I know this is going to bug me, man. Yeah. It's gonna bug you, but it's also obscure. So like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, but it's not Yuzhan Leon level like anymore. No, no, so. no. I, I feel like I feel like I could work my way through this. Mm-hmm. I just need to think about this damn trade, man. Yeah, because I feel like the mellow trade ended up being some kind of three way thing. Because it was, it like was a, a three way trade. Thing. You're right. I remember Denver Anthony Nuggets. Randolph. Anthony Randolph went somewhere in that trade. Yep. Um, man, who was this dude? Man, it goes from Denver to New York. Yo, the basketball reference page for this is amazing. It's like a whole paragraph, man. So he goes from Denver to New York. He only wraps up the season there. He goes to Toronto. Man. You want a position? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like guard or, or big? I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the position. All right. It's okay, a, it's okay. a guard. He's a guard. Yeah. I know he's a bum, man. Oh, is this Anthony Carter? Yes, it is. Okay. 
Wow. I know he's a bum. Wow. I know he's a bum, man. Yeah. Are you impressed by that one? Very like, much, man. Yo, Are you, you like you, you like the live on air problem solving too? Getting the mellow trade was pretty sick. The, yeah, no, that was pretty sick. That's actually that's, I needed that. Though. That was a like, key hint. I actually needed that. Yeah. Damn. No, right. you, this is actually that's that's if you can get Anthony Carter, you can get is like that anybody. Sick, is man. that sickle behavior? Damn. Absolutely, man. This I, guy I'm, wasn't drafted. I'm good. This guy averaged though, four points a game for his career. I don't remember he was ever in Minnesota. Yeah, he like, played with KG don't. in Minnesota. Okay, I absolutely don't remember him in Minnesota. He was like the backup point guard behind the craziest thing about Latrell's The craziest well. thing about Anthony Carter was one of his his agent forgot to fax in his contract one time during the offseason. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, he missed the deadline. Like, that's I what that's he's known why, for. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose I could have given you that hint at some point. No, I forgot no, that completely that he started his career with Miami, though. That that part threw me off entirely. All right. No, Miami, I definitely remember him. Okay, I feel Apparently, I, I he feel was good. a starting point guard for some of those Nuggets teams. Like, he started 67 games in the 07-08 no Nuggets. With Mello? Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn, they were down bad. Man. And he averaged, like, how many points, man? Five? Se- seven. seven. So he averaged seven. All right, you want you want to give me one more? What's going on, man? We're just gonna all right. Play? Let me give you one more player on that 07 Nuggets team. All right, well, because at this point you've established yourself as a sicko, so I'm only gonna give you sicko candidates from now on. Okay, okay. And this all is right. where I start crying that it's unfair. Yes, this one is absolutely unfair. Although maybe Come you on. will get this one. I don't right? want no Melvin Eli, man. This stuff's no fun for me. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Anthony Carter is like the guard version of Melvin Eli, so okay. the fact that you got that it was. I mean, you got you got up to difficulty. All right, so this this player was drafted to the Houston Rockets. Yeah, 38th overall in the 2000 NBA draft. Okay. But does not play for Houston initially. I'm going to uh, get this right away, man. No, he, plays actually, for, he plays for Dallas from 2000 yeah. to 2005, where he's then traded to Golden State in 2005, uh, then plays just one season in Golden State, Denver from 2005 to 2008, yeah. then New Jersey in 2009 and 2010, Back yeah. to Dallas in 2010. Yeah. Misses out on the championship Dallas team that won in 2011, where he spent in Charlotte and then 2012 in Charlotte before retiring. And was it Charlotte Hornets or Bobcats by then? By then, I think they were Hornets. Because this is re-expansion at that point. So Bobcats. Oh, no, never mind. It's it's the it's still the Cats. So they, he was on the Bobcats from 2010? 2010. 2011 season and then 2011 2012 season, which is the infamous Paul Silas 7 of 59 the season. Seven of That's how he ended his career. Oh my God. Houston 2000 draft, second yeah. rounder, but, but starts his career in Dallas. Starts his career in Dallas. Plays 2000 Dallas. to 2005. Yeah, because I'm writing this down when you tell me. So yeah. Dallas 2000 to 2005. Yep. Traded midseason to Golden State. How many games does he play in Golden State? 42, which is kind of surprising. And then he bounces to Denver. Denver for four years. So 2005 to 2008. And then he's in Jersey. Yep. For for one and a half seasons. Then back to Dallas. And then Charlotte twice more. Man. Okay. So he goes to Dallas twice. Mm -hmm. But he misses out. He misses out on like the championships. For me, he's most memorable for the for the Denver teams. I mean, that is also his prime. Like he was like in for his, the Denver teams. Late, like he was around thirty at the time when he was in Denver. But he was like in Dallas a lot. He was also in Dallas a lot. He was in Dallas twice, he's, including when he started he his career. Starts his career in Dallas. 
Sars has career in Dallas, goes to Golden State, Denver, New Jersey, Dallas. I got to move the Bobcats out because I'm not going to. You don't. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not one of those guys. You remember? Oh, you know, I think I got this. <laughs> Tell me it's not Eduardo Nahara. No, man. Tell me sick. it's not. <laughs> this is sick. Is it? How do you have that, man? <laughs> Yo, yo, because I remember this dude in a Denver, New Jersey, and Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Ah, damn, that's sick. No, people listening at home, I I hope you appreciate greatness, man. Because I, I know this is a. I know ninety nine point nine percent of you did not get Eduardo. Not uh, no, I might, I might go on eBay and buy his buy his card tonight, man. Oh my, celebrate. Yeah, I forgot that he was he man. Ending your career in that Hornets team is or that that Bobcast team is so funny to me, man. No, that's hard. All right, let's let's try to go for the three peat, and then we'll actually wrap oh, up. Man. All right, all right, all right. I, I, it's got to be even sicker than that, man. At hard no, I, 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 very. I feel sick, like man. you just you got to just keep it at this level, man. These are not easy. These this is about as hard as it can really get. I okay, know. I got to like, explore a little bit because I want the players yeah. to play in the league for no, a little it's fine, while. But you can't go that hard, man. Like this is about the line. Like you yeah. go any harder, I'm jumping into the Hudson River, man. <laughs> like Kendall. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, actually, that could be that could be interesting. All right. That could be interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All here right. we go. <clears throat> all right. This player starts his career in 1997 in Croatia. Yo, come on, man. Plays in Croatia 77, 78, 78, 79. All right. Wait, hold on. You talking about 97? You, you said 77. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, 97, uh, 90. Begins his NBA career in, in earnest in Orlando. Yep. First career season. Uh, moves on to Detroit for the next what, four what seasons. Year, what year in Orlando? 1999 to 2000. Okay, that's one. So only one year there. Yes. Played okay. all 82 games. Very impressive. Um, okay. 2000 to 2004 is spent in Detroit. Yep. 2004 midseason gets traded to Boston. Yep. Where he just finishes the season. Next season, leaves, goes to L.A. So that's 2004, 2005. Uh, L.A. what? Oh, uh, uh, Lakers. Okay, Lakers. Um, 2005, 2006 begins with Washington, but it seems like he got traded to Memphis midseason. Is it, it Vladimir Rachmanovich? No, okay. no, but that's a good, that's a good guess, but but, okay, but also sorry. way off. Right. <laughs> way off, he is crazy. There's a lid on the rim. All right. Uh, no, I'm, oh, I'm a fl- I'm a flamethrower tonight, man. No, that's, that's all these shots are going in, so I, I'm expecting this one. Too okay, as so well. Washington, you said 2005. Washington, Washington, 2005, 2006. Okay. Traded midseason to Memphis 2005 2006 and then plays in Memphis 2006 2007. Yeah. For that season, then goes to Denver for a year and a half in 2007 to 2009 and this then pl- plays the second half of that season in OKC and then finishes his career in Detroit in 2009 2010. You definitely know the name. Yeah, yeah. I I think actually the Croatia thing is like it helps cuz it narrows it down, I guess. Sure, yeah. Okay, she says so. <laughs> Wait, where does to, he to end? be clear? To be uh, Detroit in 2010, but to be clear, this player is not Croatian. Croatian. No, 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 okay. no, no. This not this. Yeah. So he was undrafted, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he started. He played in Croatia until '99, '97 to '99. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I that's not the number one thing I remember him for, but no, you know. for sure. 
Okay, okay. No, it's good you clarified because I thought you just meant he was from Croatia. Yep. That's why I started randomly throwing out Rekmanovic. No, that was <laughs> Even crazy. Though he's man. not Croatian. <laughs> I'm looking up Rekmanovic right now. I'm distracted. I'm looking at his Hall of Fame probability on, on Basel Reference. It says yeah. 0.0%. <laughs> oh, you're from Serbia. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, under no circumstances. Okay. So 99, 2000. This guy mm-hmm. plays 82 games in Orlando as a rookie. As a rookie, made the uh, all rookie team. I'll even give you that. I'm trying to be a sicko. And all rookie to... second team in yeah, so, in so, 2000. Yeah, I'm trying to. Can I ask? Is this too big of a hint? Was that 2000 team? Wait, hold on. Yeah, was that 2000 team the Daryl Armstrong team? Uh, I'm gonna have to check. Yeah, click on that. <laughs> sorry, click, sorry. If it, click if it was the Doc Rivers 41 and 41 team with Daryl Armstrong. It was the. Doc Rivers 41 and 41 team okay. with their arms. I know you're shook right now. I know you're shook. Holy, right now. what the I hell? Know, I know you're shook right now. I can get this. No, I'm Boston Celtics missing the first 10 threes in, in the first quarter uh, right I now. I can get this. I'm, 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 I'm losing game seven. Have I ever seen Bo Outlaw in any of these jerseys? I don't think it's Bo Outlaw. No, um, no, it's yeah, not Bo yeah, Outlaw. Hold on. I'm going to get this. I know that whole roster, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> yo, this is freaking yo, me it's out. Not, it's not Matt Harpering because he was in Utah and you didn't say Utah. Yeah, yeah no um, Utah for this guy. Oh, my God. I'm picturing a guard right now. Is it a guard? I need that hint, too. Could be a guard. Yeah, it could be a guard. Could, no, but is it a guard? It's a it, guard. it is a guard. Fine. Yeah, it's I'm a guard. picturing yeah. a guard. I'm definitely yeah. picturing a guard. Mm-hmm. Bro, I'm sweating. <laughs> yo, the fact that I told you he was on a 41 and 41 team. I know you're shook, man. Bro, Ben Wallace is on this team? What? Yeah, Ben Wallace is on that squad, man. Okay. I'm trying to think of the guards, man. Uh-huh. I know this guy. He's a backup guard. Oh, I know this dude. No, I don't. Um, Wait, hold on. 2000 to 2004, he was in Detroit. Yep. We talking Lindsey Hunter or no? No, no. That's oh, a great okay. guess, but no, okay, no, okay. no. Shout out to Lindsey Hunter, though. Yeah, it I looked th- like his career. Yeah. Right, right, right. I think he... Did not win a ring with Detroit, even though he was on the. Because he got team traded mid-season, Detroit to Boston. You're saying? Yes. Yes. Okay, I might need to figure out that trade, man, because they I... traded for Sheed that year, but she came from Atlanta. Um, two thousand and four, he goes to Boston. That's I yeah, that is actually he's actually part of the Rasheed Wallace trade. He's part of the Rasheed Wallace trade. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, no, I know you're shook that I'm pulling all these threads, man. <laughs> um, I need to focus on this 41, 41 doc team, man. I know this team. No, I feel, I feel like Stringer Bell right now. Man. <laughs> yeah. Every time he talks to McNulty. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Not, I don't know why it's not Keith Bogans. It's not Keith Bogans. No. Okay. I that's, don't know that's, why. That's, a, that's actually genuinely a way off. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had to say that though. I don't yeah, know why yeah. I was thinking of him. Yeah, it's okay. It's I know. Okay. It I know he's a back. He's a backup guard. <laughs> Yo, the fact that you somehow know, got that he's a backup guard. Is I know me, he's a backup guard, but I. Mm, he was on Detroit, <laughs> but then gets flipped, and doesn't win the championship. He gets flipped to a Boston team that yeah. actually loses to Detroit on their way to yeah. the championship. So and that's then, a crazy and out. The, and then the o four o five Lakers. That's the year after. Uh, so Shaq leaves. Mm. Shaq leaves. Yep. Oh yeah. My God. This is the the Rudy T Lakers. People don't not, remember the Rudy not T Lakers. Swish Parker. 
not Smush Parker, not okay, Smush Parker, because he would have played I longer know, in LA. I know, I know, I'm making a lot of guesses. No, right? no, no, it's it's fine, man. You deserve it for this one. Um, okay, I gotta pull the thread of him being on the Lakers because the Lakers is the yeah. bad Lakers team. I gotta tell you, this person started all 82 games for the Lakers that year, which is kind of amazing. Like he literally started, started more games all than Kobe. 82 games. Started more games than Kobe, Lamar Odom, and Karan Butler. But he's known as a backup guard. He's otherwise a backup guard, but in this yeah. season, he started all 82 games. Man, I know I know this dude, too. That's that's what's bothering me. <laughs> I feel Chucky Atkins? Yes. Yeah, there yeah, we go. There we go. There oh, we go. Man. There we go. All right, man. I'm, I'm walking away a winner, man. That's a three-peat. No, you, that's a this, this, is, this is literally West at the end of every NS Poker <laughs> Night, man. That's actually yo, hate, incredible. Yo, I hate that this is my this is my super skill, man. This is actually make zero dollars from this. The fact that right away when I listed the career, you're like, this is a backup guard. I, how, how? I know man? you got shook. How do you know? No. I didn't tell you any stats. I didn't tell you like I anything loved, about his positions. I love that. I love that uh, uh, Orlando Magic team, man. But, like that was a sick team. All right. Yeah, because that was when they, I think they had T Mac and Grant Hill, but they were both hurt. Or this was right before they got them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they tore the team down. And then, like, that was the one year that I respected Doc Rivers, man. No, the the team is ridiculous, man. Uh, yeah. Tariq Abdul Wahad. I don't oh, yeah, remember yeah, yeah. him at all. Yeah, yeah. John Amici, Daryl yeah, Armstrong, Amici. Chucky Atkins, Earl Boykins, who I thought you might guess at one point, mm. Michael Doliak, yeah. uh, Pat Garrity, Chris Gatling, Matt Harpring. Yeah. Corey Maggetti, Ron Mercer, Bo Outlaw, Anthony Parker, Derek Strong, Ben Wallace, Monty Williams. Yeah, whole squad, man. That's, 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 yeah, man, that's pretty Lindsay incredible. Hunter, Lindsay Hunter, I thought it was close because, like, I, I remember him on the Lakers, too. He was in that trade. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We, All right, that's it, man. We, we've hit we've hit for the cycle on the pod once again. So thanks everyone Great for listening. Deep. Big thanks to Jr. Producer Jr. for for stitching these together. And uh, yeah, we will catch you uh, later on in the week. 